Hey everybody, just a quick message from Bald and Bonkers Network. We would like to remind everybody that certain topics of discussion may not be comfortable for all listeners. Certain viewpoints may not reflect those of our partners, sponsors, affiliates, our hosts, or that of our guests. We would like to encourage everybody to keep a respectful and open climate of discussion for all topics, no matter how disturbing they may be. So viewer discretion is advised. This is The Inner Court, featuring Smith Back and Paranormal Investigations. Uncover the gems deep inside the mysteries to see what you discover. Hello, folks. Don't know why it's lagging, but. It's okay. If you guys can hear me, let me know. Hello, folks. Don't know why it's lagging, but it's okay. If you guys can hear me, let me know. Hello, folks. Don't know why it's lagging, but it's okay. If you guys can hear me, let me know. Hello, folks. Is that better? Hey, Ma. I figured it out already. I went to go share it out and I accidentally left it up. So I was hearing my own echo. So I do apologize for that. Thank you guys for coming in. We are going to continue on our crystal healing for women. Um, what? Good. I'm glad. That was weird. So last week we talked about the different crystals that are perfect for women in different parts of their lives, um, whether it be menopause, or hey Sam, or just a life changing or an every month changing and what to do with that. In the back of the book, we'll discuss that when we get to there, the different spells and different crystals you can use to combine to if you have like endometriosis like me and all the fam uh, females in my family have had, this will help maintain that pain, will not take it away, but until you're able to take care of the illness, then um, it will help per se on the pain and the motivation because having such sickness or illness can um, destroy or take away weakness and it'll make you weak and not motivated and such like that so with that being said we are going to talk the role of ritual and healing the spiritual practice can be deeply nourishing and grounding along with your spiritual journey the practice of ritual combines scarred and scared intentions with action so with that what it means is uh crystals like so have a bit of an electrical current that does help yeah and that that does it's thought is a porous crystal and a porous rock is what they call so with that electrical 
uh, lights in there and all that stuff, it, if you put it in the belly area and the little triangle that it's upside down, I know it's supposed to be the other way, but if you put it in that general area of where the paint is, it will help absorb all of that and the illness. And, you know, it won't take it away until you see, obviously, the doctor. We all hate them. Um, but until you can see a professional to get it taken care of. Now, this will take away from you taking the medications that doctors will prescribe and want you to take. This will help with the, the calming and relaxation of that. Um, it's great for anybody. I mean, you can even do it on if you have a, a knee surgery coming up, but you can't wait and you don't want to take anything. You can do that. All it is is lining whatever crystals it is in whatever shape that it tells you to do. Most of them for females are the triangle because it will go in the corners. And it's, it's, it's a central and it'll center it. And as it centers it, it's kind of like the middle, hey babe, will absorb it and contain it. So that's why it's important to uh, recharge your crystals on the full moon with your salts, with, you know, the Mother Earth. Go take some dirt. That's what we do. We don't, we do, if it rains, obviously, we don't want to lose them. Mother Earth can do that. I mean, you put it in the dirt and then it rains and it's like, now we're at even if you put a marking there, it could be washed away. We live on a farm, so that's been a very common thing for us to do. We tried that. We we did luckily find it, but it happened. Rituals help bridges and re reclaim of the mystical with the materials and can serve powerful portions to heal and concern certain engaging on daily, weekly, monthly, and seasonal rituals can help to stay present in your daily life. As in, if you start um, a healing spell, as in what we are talking about, um, don't do it once and expect it to be fine. I'm good. Because that's not how rituals and spells work. Spells and rituals or or um, meant to be done on either a daily, like for an example, if we are to cleanse and seal this room, uh, if it rains, we bring them inside and put them under our bedroom window. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. We, if it rains, then yes, that's what we do. We bring them in and we put them in our bedroom window or any window in the house. Whatever it gets the most moonlight. Bagged. Yep, bagged with Mother Earth. So Chad normally takes care of that. That's why he's able to explain it. We just hand it off in our little bags. Regardless, it's, it could be a simple sandwich bag to a little cloth bag. So it doesn't matter what kind of bag as long as it's able to contain the material. But going back to the ritual and what they say on taking care of it on a daily weekly monthly or seasonal like if you were to close a portal or cleanse a room or a house or a business 
do not do it once and expect it to be okay because that's not how it works. If you were to close a portal, you put your black and your white salt down and you do your protection um, crystal in there. And we normally do it towards the back and kind of kind of hidden. I mean, if you got little ones, they're going to be, ooh, it's shiny. Let's play. No. Or if you have animals that like to bat things around, like I have a cat, she'll play with just about anything. Um, you're going to want to do that on a weekly basis. And as it goes through, hey, sis, thank you for coming in. Um, it's important to do that because if you do it with a portal and you don't continue it, the portal will open if the salt is disturbed. If you have it and it has a line through it, it you know, it, it just can't be disturbed. So we did one for our client and we did that and she called us, what, two months, three months later, I think. And we had to come back and do it all over again. Because our basement flooded. That's just how it happens. Because it wasn't kept up. And her little dog went down there. And it just went from there. So it's very, very important to keep up with the rituals of any means. If you're doing it because you have uh, belly cramps. Or you have a migraine. Or you're stressed. Or a loved one's passing. You're grieving. I mean, any means of a daily. Four months. Yeah, I, I thought I was close. So, uh, Smith Family Paranormal Investigation is my husband. For those that are hopping in and not familiar with us, we do the inner courts. Okay, so it's not a problem. I appreciate you being here. Uh, the ritual, and the reason why they say that, so rituals can help. You stay present on your daily life and along with unique soul journeys. As in, I am a green witch. I am still learning about myself. Uh, sister uh, PWI in here, Sherry, she has helped me along my journey with that and doing these. Um, yes, we just got the book. So I'm just reading it as I'm reading it to you and then off of my own. Um, so I am learning as I go. But this also helps as well for any journey that you're going. Regardless of health or any other means or to learn about your intentions or your um, abilities, um, learning how to be pagan or Wiccan or just a white witch, you know, whatever the case may be, it always helps to do this. Certain rituals present in this book can exceptionally potent during certain times of the day, month, or year. And what that means is if you wind up doing, like when I wake up in the morning, yes, I will always help as much as I can. Oh, you have done an amazing job, sis. Amazing. Um, when if, Like when I wake up in the morning, before I even get out of bed and go wake the kids up, that is my 15 minutes of me time. I will get my crystals out of my nightstand which is in one of these bags, and it's a lot fuller than this. Um, and I will set up in the in my bed, and I will turn my meditation music on, and I will do my meditation. It relaxes me. It gets me awake. It gets me focused. It gets me ready for the day. That is why it's important if I were to do my meditation in the morning, 
and then turn around and do it at night? Well, the intention is to start my day off on the right foot, essentially. Not to, you know, it's good that you could do it in the day and in the evening, but you have to do it at the same time every, every day. Or if you were to do it weekly, some people do um, meditation and rituals and certain things like that and spells to start their week off. If you do it on a Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Sunday night, whatever time of the day it is, it is very good to do it on a weekly basis at the, just about the same time. It's, it's important to do it at the same time. But we know life gets in the way. So as, as close as you can to that time is the best. We all know the ones with kids that tends to happen. Now this one walks into collecting and caring for crystals. Well, we already know important caring for crystals and how to recharge them. You can do it like sometimes we have um, our little tiny cookie sheet. I mean, it's really small, but it's enough for us to do air crystals. And it's made for, you know, we put it aside specifically for that. We'll lay it in there. We'll put the salt on it and we'll go stick it in the moonlight. It's best to do it at a full moon so it gets the full charge. Or if we don't have the specific salt uh, that we use, we go and we can use the Mother Earth. And put some soil on there and bury it. Like what we just said, if it's raining, we do take a little baggie. Regard, it does not matter the size. It really doesn't. And you can, or a container. I mean, you can do a plastic container. Or you can do one crystal in each little container. And put it on. Just make sure it's completely covered. That's the most important thing is to always make sure it's covered. But make sure it's in the windowsill if it is raining out. If it is not raining out and it's snowing out, same thing. You don't want to lose it. Um, but if the case may be that you're able to take it outside, we live on a farm. So it is very easy for us to walk outside and find a piece of land. You know, a, a section that we call our own. Now, I do have a section behind the barn where it's kind of, Around it that I like to go with my chair and just sit. Hubby has his section on the farm that he likes to go and just focus and sit. Um, this is our way of either talking to, and yes, wherever we go, whatever we do, we always take our crystals with us. That is the most important thing about having crystals. When you collect them, you choose them, they are yours. Just like when you get married, you put that ring on, it's yours. You don't leave the house without it. Some of my crystals, because I work in an elementary school, are around here, so I have them all with me. My chakras, different stuff. So at least I have them with me. Sometimes I have pockets where I can stick it in my pocket, but I also have little ones that like to hold my hand or, as we're walking, put their hand on my pocket. Why? I don't know. They're kids. I don't question. So there is times where if I wear these, like today, I wore these. Um, and these don't leave my wrist at all. Just because if I do take them and leave them in a car, at least I know they're with me. They're in the car. They're not physically with me, but they're here. So 
Are you ready to uncover the healing potential of minerals? Yes, we are. Buying crystals. If you are in the beginning of your crystal healing journey, I recommend starting with one of the three crystals. And chapter four and five. Yes, I do. But sis, I am very particular on what I wear around toddlers and little ones, especially in school, only because I don't want them to accidentally break it. These I can reread, but it's something that really, really means something. You know, I'm very temperamental on what I wear around them. 87. Let's skip ahead real quick. 87. Oh, wrong way. I will mark this and we will come back to it. Getting to know your energy qualities and growth your grow your Hmm. And grow your relationship with a few months before adding more. So if I were, where'd it go? Okay, this is a good one. This is the one that I actually got first. One of the first. We were walking through our favorite spot. You guys may be familiar with it. Some may not. It's called Crystal. Hello, good morning to you. Thank you for joining. So this is one of the ones that I picked up from Crystal Fox. And it gave me that uh, electrical warm feeling that I normally get when I do feel um, connected to uh, crystals. If I feel the warmth off of the box, I will reach in and grab one. Yes, I love doing crystal work. I really do. To me, it's more centering. And I get to focus my attention, and it just helps me open my mind up a lot more. I have issues with uh, a lot of health issues and uh, depression and stuff like that. So this really helps. So when you pick your crystal, it could be the first three that catches your spark, per se. Um, hey, Coffin. How you doing, hon? Um, then I work with them. I get to know them. Um, I know it sounds weird, but a lot of people like to talk to them, get to know their energies. They get to know your feeling, your intentions, meditation, stuff like that. So this was one of my first ones. And then I had a protection stone. So they were my first two. So I used the clearing and the protection. I brought them wherever I went. So with that, I was able to work with them for a good few months. I mean, I think it was a little longer than that because we didn't go there that often. But that was. So with that, it was just um, getting to know it. We've done a segment before getting to know your crystal. So buying them is a very important part of. It's not just, it's buying them, but choosing. Not only do you choose them, but they choose you. They choose whoever they want to protect 
or take care of or be with and stuff like that. This is a way you can deeply understand and profile and frequently frequent of the minerals. And they can become deep allies and healing tools for the future. <laughs> when buying crystals, pay close attention to how you feel when you fo first hold or see, especially when buying online. Boy, buying online is okay if you don't have a crystal store physically near you where you can go to. Um, you, if it catches, like, for an example, I don't know where it went. My husband was looking on Sherry's uh, store, and this wand that he absolutely adored, just, but he's like, I don't have it right now, so I'm just going to keep, keep looking. So it kept catching his eye it's like buy me i'm yours you chose me i chose you it's meant to be and unless you get that connection with something you know it, it may not be but if you feel it, he kept going back kept going back sorry have a moment says you're perfectly fine i totally get it um he kept going back and looking at different products and different stuff that were there uh crystals and spells and stuff like that and this wand just kept ending up center of the screen so with that he was uh he was told it's it's meant to be he's not going to ignore it no more uh he did for a long time and then he eventually got it it is here but i, I just don't know where at the moment but it is here Look for an intense feeling of connection, attraction, and explanation within you, like we just talked about. This is so very powerful in that connect. Yeah, that is so true. They they are more powerful than what we realize. They have, you know, you can study and study and study crystals and learn about crystals, but at the end of the day, do we really know all of it? I don't believe so. I believe that there's a lot more out there about crystals that we're reading, we're learning. So try to energize, attune with a crystal first before reading its description. So, and that's that's a great one. Yes, coming from your wand or your herbs or whatever the case may be. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Hello, Light. Thank you for coming in. Um, before reading the description, feel the crystal. Hold it in your hand. Like, I knew what this one was for. This was my cleansing. This was my focusing. This was meant for me to do what it's meant to do so get to know your crystal then if you're still unsure it's it's okay to read that little paper we all wherever we go and we only have one place that we like to go to unless it's a convention or something then we will read the paper because it has a great knowledge in it it's nothing wrong with that but the reason why we say to 
feel the crystal, learn the crystal, because you're learning on a personal level, on a spiritual level, on a, a whole nother level that anybody else wouldn't understand but you and that crystal. Usually a healing crystal that you are originally drawn to will be a perfect match for what your body and spirit need at that time. If you select stones based upon the description, your mind and ego may take a section rather than your intuition. So if I were to go into the store, and I were to just grab the random bag that was sitting there. Then I wouldn't know whether it chose me or I chose it. Because I'm in a rush. I need crystals, but I'm not paying attention. So it's kind of one of those you have to really pay attention to yourself, your intuition. And how you're feeling when you go in there. Like when I go in a crystal fox, immediately immediately i don't get a headache but it's kind of one of those my mind is telling me i need a crystal so what do i do i go over to the crystals that's on this glass shelf and it's on the wall behind and i will stand there and i'll let the guides and let the crystals do its work and then if i get a color so that's the first thing that comes to to my mind and i don't understand why as don't question it, then I will go over to the section of those. And then I will put my hand over it very slowly until I feel, you know, that the sensation that that's the one. And then when I feel that that's the one, I'll pick one up. If I get that warmth and that feeling, I don't even have to close my hand. All I have to do is open it up. And if that palm starts to get warm and it starts to spread, I know that's the one. And we're going home together. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of do. But I've had... I didn't realize that. Ipsy. I'm a husband for tonight. What can I say? I didn't even realize that. <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> Good catch, sis. <laughs> yeah. So I'll go in there and I've had somebody ask me, why, what are you doing? You're just standing in the hall. In the in the in the aisle, and I will. I'll explain to him while Chad's off doing his thing on the other side of the store with the incense burners or you know potion stuff and or grocery shopping is what I call it there. And I'll explain it to him, and then when they're ready to pick theirs, they'll go and do it. And then when I come back, and if they're there, we happen to run into them one time. They're like. I really tried that. You know, that really worked. I was like, I told you. So, hey, little girl. Sorry. Um, 
Exactly. That's why I was saying when I stand there, I'll I'll let them. I'm not worried about changing the name. It's already too late. He's gonna come in and change it anyway. Hold on, folks. Oh, yeah, it's Avatar. Bye, Mom. Bye, honey. See you tomorrow. I didn't even notice it. He's going to go take our adopted daughter home. Think, sister, so. Say what? What I miss? So that, that's why it's important when you go, don't be in a rush. If you have the time, and it's important to have the time when you go into any crystal store or online to take as much time as you need for your crystals. Any incense or any potion related herbs, wands, whatever it takes and whatever you need. Nice. Sorry guys. Um it's it's very, very important to make sure you take your time because when it comes to your crystals, they are yours. Once you buy them, as long as you care for them correctly, they will continue to do their job for you. You respect them, they will respect you. You communicate with them, they will communicate with you. It's, it's very, very simple. It's a lot of work, but it's simple. It can be difficult determining on a fair price of particular crystals because of the price range widely. This is due to the various factors involving involved, including the rarity of the gem, the quality of mineral, and its cut size and location of origin. <laughs> If you are buying large or rare specimens, it is always a good idea to cross-check prices online first with other dealers. If you have your mind set on a crystal ball or whatever, and it's a tower or whatever the case, and you see that it could be a few hundred dollars, like we have one what we call our little bowling ball because it is an eight pound crystal that we got out of one of our unboxings. It is $399 and that is from Crystal Fox, but we didn't pay for it. It just came in one of our boxes. So and with that, if there is a specific crystal that you need, either to replace or because you need it for a spell or whatever the case may be. Make sure you definitely check the prices. Prices to, to some may not be that important. It's more of the connection you have with the crystal and what the crystal's connection is with you. 
Earth made an elaborate made crystal. Elaborate made crystal. In recent years, as demand for crystals has increased and supply for certain stones has decreased, there has been an X influx. I have crystal, have a crystal ball. I am still learning. But in some places. Yeah. Yeah. Of elaborate made and altered crystals. While elaborate manufacture crystals do contain healing qualities relating to their respective color, they do possess the energy and information from the earth. I personally prefer nature untreated crystals, meaning stones that are not heated or dyed to achieve the specific color as they hold the original information intended and healing qualities of the earth. However, it is up to you and always trust your intuition. And that is a great statement right there. I used to take the kids during the summer to this state park. And we were able to pick up a bunch of different little crystals. They were not cut. They were not touched by a manufacturer like the guy, these guys are. They were rough around the edges. And they were definitely told uh, a completely different story than these guys. Granted, they do have the similar story. Yep, the color is important when it comes to healing. Yes, it is very important. Very important. But I, I, Lily, not now. I'm sorry. I have a cat trying to climb up on my lap. Not happening right now. Polish and organic or organic crystals. This is a slight energy difference between the nature, natural raw stones to a polished, tumbled, or cut stone. Natural stone is an original form, while the cut or polished stone is under undergo an additional process to resize and smooth it. However, the difference is is so slightly that it is not worth worrying over. Instead, think about how comfortable it feels. Like we have a rough hemolite that we got, and then we have the manufacturer. Oh, I know. Every time I do a show, Seth, every time she wants to be up here, she'll lay up on the keyboard. I can't have that. She will turn you guys off, and I don't like it. <laughs> so I think she just went into our box. So she'll be fine. So this is a rock. It's a crystal. This is an original raw form. And it will glow in a UV. If you guys can see that. But it will glow in UV green. I don't want to lying you guys but 
There you go. Kind of, you guys see that green tint? That is the natural form. Now, not saying that if they were to polish and cut this down, you know, the only part that would be left in this is the top crystals, these little fragments. You would be missing the entire story, the entire history of this. Granted, this is a manufacturer. This has been tumbled. This has been cut. Let me see. Turn my light on. See if you guys can see. Without blinding myself. Okay. So this is the manufacturer. Which you see it is smooth. I want to work. These are all the same. Manufacturer. And tumbled. And you can definitely see the difference. Do you have now? Mm -mm. So and that was the difference in between the raw and the manufacturer. The raw you get a bigger more versus the manufacturer, which you get so much less. They have to they cut them down. They polish them, and not all polishes are clear. Some may give that tone, and this one has, you guys can't see it, but it has layers in it. Granted, it does show the layers, but in the raw form, yeah, no, none yet. Um, it's just important to know what you're looking for. We went to the park, and we... It was me and the kids, even Rosie. And we were out just enjoying the water. And we looked down and Rose was like, what's that? I was like, I don't know. Pick it up. Figure it out. Then she picked it up and brought it to me. And it was, honestly. It looked just like that. This is that one that we found. But it was so similar. So we brought it home. It has the similar effects to it. So it all works. You just have to know what you're looking for. And if you, maybe this weekend. Yeah, that's true too. Identifying crystal shapes. Single crystal points. A crystal point is a single determined crystal for a great, is great for directing energy. It acts like a, an arrow. And focus energy and intention in one specific direction. You may use use a crystal point for manifesting and self-healing and crystal grid work. So, this is pretty cool. Thank you. Uh, that is great. I mean, you can use that in different ways, focusing your energy. Hold it. I know I keep using the same one, but that's all I have in the, in the hand reach right now. So hold it. Sit it down. Whatever circle or you're using or platform or board or whatever the case may be. Everybody is different on how they set things up. Some may have a little corner desk thing or table or whatever, and then they just go from there. So it is very good to have 
uh, a good intention when you use this one. A wand, which we all may have a wand or two. A crystal wand shape helps to direct the energy of a stone in a particular direction. It may be natural in shape, such as a cellulite wand. Hold on. I, I have one of those. Give me one second. Sorry, I was cleaning up and the cat decided. Yeah, we have an entire tackle box. And I am not lying. Because that's what my feet are propped up on. With my pillow. But this is a, a wand. A crystal wand. And you can use it for your spell work. You can, we have a tons of these. But you can use it for various of things. The naturalness of it. It's rough. It has not been tumbled. It just, these things come in rocks or large structures. Yeah, when we, I'll discuss that uh, towards the end of the show about this weekend. We have a lot going on this weekend. So wands can, the crystal wand shape helps direct the energy of the stone to a particular direction. It may be natural in shape such as a cellulite wand or cut and polish an archive, a designed desired shape, such where did that come from? I found it. Where? Well, I was working like about Oh, look at that. Uncle Black, Hubby just found. Black Obsidian. Wow. And they said these aren't in Maryland. Yeah, okay. And Hubby found this at work. It looks like an arrow point. It does. That's why I keep it with me. Yeah, it's definitely yours. It doesn't like me. Take your crystal back. Um, <laughs> and I, I say that in a nice way, but he deals with my crystals. I got a wand, and I got some of these guys. It is awesome. Sitting in my room in the cabin. Yeah, the, these are very awesome. I think this is the longest one we've gotten yet. But... We have our crystals. They are heirs, but we definitely know when we have picked up the wrong crystal because there goes another one. Um, we will get the wrong feeling, as in "give me back." I have not belonged with you. But bowling ball, right there. So this is the bowling ball I was talking about. This is that crystal. And I call it a bowling ball because it's the shape of a duck pin bowling ball, right? Yeah, I was right. So, I don't know if you guys can see it, but $399.95. And this guy is huge. Colorations in it, the swirls. We haven't figured out whether we are going to keep it. Yeah, I, I that's exactly what I got when I was showing it to you. So I love the swirlish in this. It's beautiful. 
Alright, take your bowling ball. So I haven't figured it. I thought I was going to drop it. <laughs> it slipped in my head. Whew. So, Hammy Air Wands down there. That's a great example, too. So, talking about wands, I was thinking of right there. Like, I'm trying to find a spot to sit. Oh, sorry, babe. Apparently, I'm now. Uh, hello, team. What? Can't hurt. Yes, I. We were thinking about sitting in her chair. <laughs> yes, I. We were thinking about keeping it, but we haven't made our mind up yet. If we don't keep it, we're definitely selling. Yes. So, one of the two. So talking about one. This one, yours or mine? Okay. I, I couldn't remember. It's very rare that we use our wands. Very rare. But we have got to learn to use them. And yes, this is your wand because I'm already feeling. Okay. So this one is Chaz wand. This is a handmade wand. I don't know what you did with the one that you got from Sherry though. I think it was right here. But I don't know if I moved it. So this is what we do a lot of air work with. We do, I have two. Chad has two. Chad got, thank you, Chris. And I like more of a raw form. Granted, it does have some coloring to it, but you can see the natural in the wood. And that's what I love about this. So, very nice. You're able to do your intentions. It does come with a little certificate. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, these were the ones that we purchased before uh, Chad purchased the one from Sherry. So, this is, this is, I purchased these after. Oh, after. I couldn't remember. Anyway, so with that, wands are important to also, just like crystals, choose the one that's for you. Don't just choose one. Make sure the crystal or the crystal, crystal or wand or herbs or whatever you're using is the ones that you're supposed to have. With that, it is important. Double determined crystal. Double determined crystal is a single crystal with a point on each end. It both sends and receives energy, stimulating, moving. What is going on? She's throwing up. Got a belly got a hold of something. Um, receives energy, stimulation, Moving energy quickly and clearly. You gotta pick her up, take her out. Boom, that's not good. Moving energy quickly and clearly. A double determined. Yes, it was definitely made for him. Yeah, it definitely went past me one too many times. He definitely knew that. What? So, her wand that you got. 
energy has it bring as it brings in a fresh vibration flow vibrating flow makes a great fit for a personal energy balance try placing it on the womb after the full release of energy from previous months and welcome the energy for a new cycle so this one is talking about us females our ladies that still get air monthly um that is also a great one because you can lay it right on your stomach like i was talking about i will go really really quick to the back where i was excuse me reading yep for it says pms ritual it will relieve the pain the heaviness uh, of what a female will feel the best time of the day any any time time needed about 15 minutes if frequency as frequent as needed up to 10 to 14 days up to menstrual cycle what you will need a bloodstone coral stone a ruby first site a rose and essential oil and then here like we were talking about with the shape and where to place them and then you would go through the spell and you would I would lay there and it shows this young lady is doing the same and you can repeat it you can lay there and let it absorb but it is supposed it is to help this ritual is done at any time of the day but and this is the butt part you can pick the time of day that you want to do it like to me would be the best in the morning right before you get ready to head to work or head with the kids to do the that ritual only because if you continue that every day while you're on it some have health problems when they're on it or it increases or you get certain pains that you're not able to handle then that really helps but with that it's one of those you have to do it when you're ready just because somebody suggests it doesn't always mean it's right and then it says close your eyes and remain in the space for about five minutes so the stones can wave their vibrations through the wound and then this would be the stomach and that area take a deep breath and gently open your eyes essentially what we learned when we went to this pagan um little class that we went to over at crystal fox the woman uh irene showed us a way of putting your guard up and putting your guard down now what you would do is you would close your eyes and you would breathe in and out 
And then you would think of, for the protection, if you're doing it right now, you would think of the one thing you want to be protected. Mine was a rose bush. was the first thing that came to mind. And then you would take that deep breath. And then you would slowly breathe in. And while you're breathing in, you're visualizing that bush with the stickers and the roses creeping up from your toes to your ankles, up your calves, to your knees, to your hips, and so forth and so on. And then while your eyes are closed, then you are imagining that your bubble, your shield is there and what it is to do for you. Like mine was protection because that was at the moment the lesson that we were doing. And then she said one, two, three, and she snapped. We opened our our eyes and we took that final breath. And before you knew it, some people were relaxed. Some people were, you know, focused more. They were, you know, calm. They weren't feeling on edge. And it like, it's that simple. Why we do that on a relaxed day before we go out on an investigation. Even though we have our crystals, that additional shield is always, always, always important. You can, and in order to take it down, you would sit, stand, lay down. It does not matter the position. And close your eyes. And you would do the same thing. But this time we're doing it a little bit backwards. And we are um, picturing the rosebuds and the bush. And everything going from head to shoulder to elbows and just release. And at that time, you are relaxed, you're calm, and your protection is down, and you're good. If you feel like you need the protection before you leave the house, put it on. If there's an intention you need, like, you're, you got an interview today. You need to close your eyes and picture something that is going to help you focus more or stay calm and collective, not freak out. Think of a happy place. Think of, you know, what you would love to be doing on the weekends or whatever the case may be or your favorite dress or whatever makes you proud and happy. Then you would do the same thing. This time we're going up, doing the same thing. And then when you're done with that, you would... Let that out. And then the same thing when you get back from that interview or class or whatever, it would be the opposite. It's very simple to do. Um, we have learned that with her. I'm hoping to learn more because we do get to meet her again um, and learn some more things. She is an awesome lady. Um, her partner that she has written this book for with has been awesome as well. I am hoping to get them back on the show for another one. They do do classes. On Facebook, I have shared their Black Feather class. Um, they do for three three levels, I believe. So it was pretty awesome. Um, so I might check that out as well. But with that, we are going to end the, the show um, with that. And then this weekend... Speaking of plans, I will try my best because I do think it would be very interesting to see this. And she does allow us to video 
so she does not have a problem with that. That's why we were allowed to before. And um, we will see what we can get. And then tomorrow, being Friday, Samuel, I was going to tell you off the show, but I'm here now. Um, we will do Sam's show uh, that we were supposed to do last night. Um, Chad got some news that his uncle has passed away. He was like a father figure to him. Uh, so it has hit him pretty hard. But with that, um, we will do Samuel's show tomorrow because we don't have anywhere to go. We have little girl home and the kids have plans, essentially. Tiff has to work and Austin's going out. So Saturday, we are going to the little convention festival thing. And I will try to um, video that. I would love to go live. So if I'm able to go live, then I will see you guys then. It starts at 1. So we will see. Just hit me up after this. I will, Sam. I will. Um, then after that, we are going to go investigate. And since we're going to be in the Frederick area, we might as well figure out what's, what's there. Why not? It's a new place. So we will have a new location. Yeah, it was pretty sad. Um, so he's, he's dealing with it. We're all here for him. But uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting weekend. Oh, not that. Okay. So. I hope you guys have a great and safe weekend um, and keep an eye out for us tomorrow. Same time, 630. We will be back on. Check out a paranormal in the funhouse on Twitch tomorrow night. They, yes, they are going to Cry Baby Bridge. I would love would love to go back to Cry Baby Bridge, but I don't want to interrupt somebody else's uh, investigation. So. Paranormal in the Funhouse is going to the, the same Crybaby Bridge that we went to before. They are going there tomorrow night. So you guys can keep an eye out for them and see what they do. They go more in the woods. We haven't yet. Um, I think we did one, but that really, it really wasn't much. It was just the back of some houses. So we'll see what they come up with. But with that being said, I'm going to hop off of here. And I will see you guys tomorrow night. Stay safe. Um, plenty of love. Always, always. And we love you guys. See you guys tomorrow night. Network, we would like to remind everybody that certain topics of discussion may not be comfortable for all listeners. Certain viewpoints may not reflect those of our partners, sponsors, affiliates, our hosts, or that of our guests. 
We would like to encourage everybody to keep a respectful and open climate of discussion for all topics, no matter how disturbing they may be. So viewer discretion is advised. It does not matter where you stand, nor what it is you feel is grand. Magic is all around. Magic is never gone. And it is more than you will ever know. And trust us, and trust her. For here you will find that the lost magics have never disappeared. Hello guys and welcome to our Friday evening show. This is The Lost Magics with Sherry. I hope that you're all well. Lots of love, light and blessings. A big shout out to obviously my Bold and Bonker boys, to all of our sponsors, TV people and all of those that help us to get out there and obviously to all of our amazing family that come and support us every day in our shows. I hope that you're well. So today my show is another legend from Texas. This legend is a lady that a lot of people believe was wrongfully accused of murder. And there is a ghost story behind this as well. So I'm going to be doing that. I will talk to you about that in a little bit more detail in a minute. I will say that there is a lot of words in there that may be a little bit confusing. And because I am not Mexican, I may struggle to say them. But I will be putting the work out onto the Bold and Bonka main page on Facebook guys so that you can read it for yourself so my show today is about a lady from Sam Pantricio and her name is Capita Rogerson but I'm just going to call her Capita because that's um, Chipita sorry not Capita Chipita because I don't really know how to say the other stuff to do with her and that guys so I'm going to be giving you the legend of that today. So I hope that you're going to enjoy that. It's a very interesting story. Again, it was uh, something that I got the influence from my partner. And um, he was saying, why don't, you know, it'd be really good for you to do some Texas legends. So I was looking and there was quite a few I came across. But this one seemed to stick out to me quite a lot. And I found it quite interesting. So we're going to be talking about that hope that you're all well hello to everybody that is tuning in and listening i hope that you're all well lots of love light and blessings and to all of you on the different networks because obviously you're not just on youtube you're all over on facebook and all of the other places that we're at as well and hello to all of you right so i'm going to start reading to you about the legend of her and how she become alleged to have done murder and I have got a few pictures and stuff that I would like to to show as well so I will do that at the end as well the legend is that she was hanged for murder a lot of people believe that she was innocent but there are some that say that she wasn't so here we go. 
Corpus Christi. The worst example of hanging times was that of Chipita, the first woman legally executed in Texas. Some believed then and later she was innocent and her hanging was a legal lynching. Events leading to Chipita's execution happened in 1863. John Savage was on his way to Mexico with $600 in gold to buy horses for the conference on Sunday night, August the 23rd, 1863. He stopped at Chipper's cabin where the San Patricio Road reached the Aranas River. A traveller could stop at Chipper's for a meal and sleep on her porch. Chipper, her real name, may have been Josepha, came to Texas as a girl before the revolution. Savage stayed the night at Chippeter's. The next morning, a servant from John Welder's ranch was washing clothes in the Aranis River when she found a body in, the bur in a burlet bag. It was Savage. His head had been split open with an axe. That doesn't sound like a very nice way to go, does it? San Francisco Sheriff William Means found blood on Chipper's porch. She said it was chicken blood. Her handyman, June Silvera, of limited understanding, told the sheriff he helped Chipper dump the body in the river. The sheriff did not find a motive. It was not robbery. Savage, Savage's $600 in gold was in his saddlebag. Sheriff Me Means arrested Chipper and Silvera and told them um took them to San Francisco where they were chained to a wall of the courthouse. The judge assigned to hear the case with Benjamin Neil, a lawyer and newspaper man who was the first mayor of Corpus Christi at the start of the war, Neil commanded a conference artillery company when direct judge John McKenney died. Neil was elected to fill the vacancy of the 14th District Court. The court's fall docket including the trial of June Silvera and Chipita Rodriguez. I'm so sorry guys I, I cannot say that name very well. The trial was irregular. Sheriff Means served on the grand jury that indicated Chipita for members of the trial jury were under indictment for felonies, including murder. The foreman was a friend of the sheriff. Chipotle would not assist in her defence. 
it is said that um, Chipita, when she was put forward um, in the case, that she refused to have anybody to, to stand for her. And she completely pleaded her innocence to to the point that she she'd made it very clear that she, she hadn't killed Savage. And this obviously was not believed by the, the courts due to the fact that there was blood found on the porch of her home where she was known to take in people that were travelling past and maybe going to other places. And as it said in the story, she would um, normally have people stop and have a meal and sleep overnight and that. The trial was the trial was in regular. Sheriff Means served on the ground jury that indicated that Chipita for a member of the trial jury were under it. I think I've read that one. Yeah. The trial began on Friday morning, October the 9th, 1863. The jury brought back a verdict at noon. Silver was found guilty of second degree murder and Chipita was found guilty of first degree murder. The first jury urged the court to show mercy for Chipita. On account of her old age and the and the circumstantial evidence against her, Judge Neil sentenced Sil Silver to five years in prison and chose to ignore the plea for mercy. He sentenced Chipita to be hanged on November the thirteenth, eighteen sixty three. It's very back in them days as well it would have been very hard for people to be able to prove their innocence normally if something was very much against them and um, there wasn't a lot of evidence to be able to free them a lot of them would end up in execution even though her jury and the people that knew of her tried to plead for her to be you know lessened because of her age and things like that this this was not favored by the court case or by the judges sadly and like I said to this very day there are people that believe that she was innocent and that she was wrongfully killed and accused of this this crime when the day arrived judge Neil was gone and sheriff means was out in town John Gilpin the hangman was entrusted with carrying out the execution which normally was a responsibility of the sheriff. Gilpin borrowed a farm cart and team of oxen. Chipita sat on a wooden box of undressed planks for the short ride to the river, a thousand yards from the courthouse. She was wearing a white dress with blue trim, with a blue trim and a woman in town had fixed her hair. She was smoking a corn shuck cigarette. Corn shook cigarette. The wagon stopped at two mascot trees by the river. One of which was used for the occasion. A rope was fixed around Chipita's neck and the sentence are read. A lash of the whip moved the oxen forward but Chipita was so slight and the oxen moved so slowly that the fall did not snap her neck 
took some time for her to strangle to death. An elderly man turned away and said, it's a black day for Sam Prentricio. She was buried in a plain box under the hanging tree. So not only was she sentenced to being hanged, but when they did hang her, it didn't happen immediately. She was hanging there for an, a long time and she was slowly strangling to death, which would mean that she would have been in a lot of pain. And you can imagine the fear going through her, you know, hanging there and um, slowly losing her life and her breath. You know, if you're going to do this sort of execution, then you'd want it to be over as quick as possible, wouldn't you, really, to be honest, because it didn't snap her back, so her neck. So, obviously, it probably burnt her neck as well, so she would have had the rope marks, and obviously the, the breath of her was coming out of her slowly. So she, she suffered through this um, this situation, which, to me, I can see why she would haunt the areas and still be around, you know, wrongfully accused is what is believed by many. And she did plead her innocence on a number of occasions. And then to go through that horrible death and it not go right, that's not a nice way to go. Corpus Christi had his own hanging tree years later. This one was a lynching for, though there were no questions of guilt on May the 15th, 1866, Jim Gardner went into a store on Caperol to buy boots. The st storekeeper was Emmanuel Skewer. He was, he and Gardner knew each other, both served in the W.S. Shaw Conference Militar Company with Skewer, a corporal, and Gardner, a private. Gardner tried on a pair of boots and was about to leave without paying for them when Skewer said he wouldn't give him credit. Gardner shot Skewer in the heart, killing him instantly. Skewer was laid out on his own counter the storekeeper was a respected member of the community well gardner was a loafer who had killed a man in a saloon brawl when he was 16. he had killed several others since Feel feelings were running high john fogg who owned saloon and livery took charge of the mod he crossed chaprell to nozel's store at the northwest corner of williams william and grabbed a long coil of rope gardner was dragged to nostrils where one end of the rope was thrown over the the sign extending out from the store but Mrs. Nossel shoot, shooed the mod away. They moved down to Capril, where Gardner, Gardner pleading, gave me a trial, give me a trial, boys, give me a trial, but they were intent on 
using the rope. They knew he was guilty as the devil himself and no prosecutor of trial lawyers were needed. They stopped at the mule house with fancy new Orleans style iron balcony on the second floor. Before they could loop the rope over the balcony, Margaret Muley ran them off, refusing to allow her home to be used for a lynching. The mod dragged Gardner down the block to the uh, Arayo, where they were a few stunted hackberry and muskew trees. One tree had a limb high enough for the job. The rope was thrown over the limb. Capt John Anderson, what, who was there, said a lot of us boys caught, caught hold of the rope. Down near the end, he kicked and kicked. The crowd was quiet. Everybody left pretty quick. Helen Chapman wrote in her diary, a terrible tragedy just enchained. In, in, in an unoffending good citizens shot dead by a drunken loofing. Scodrell, who had killed several men before, about 50 citizens carried the murderer to the edge of the town and hung him at once. W.S. Rankin said it was a terrible thing. I didn't sleep for a week. I couldn't shut my eyes without seeing that tongue st sticking out. The day after the hanging, Gardner's father came with a wagon to take away the body. He said he gained a good long stake rope by the operation. This is the second of six columns of hanging times in South Texas. Growing up in the, so not only was Chipita hanged and hanged in a very horrible way, obviously this, this gentleman was hanged as well. He was found guilty for the murder that he'd done. Uh, but again, this this murder that happened and of the execution itself was a very horrible execution again. And um, this guy obviously suffered as well. Obviously he, he did do the, the crime. But still, it would be better for you to be ended as quick as possible. But this guy was obviously kicking around, struggling. Some people remember seeing him like gasping for air and his tongue was sticking out. It really would not be a very nice situation to, to watch. And back in them days... They didn't really think of how to do the execution. They would just put it over over a tree or over a piece of wood. And um, you would normally um, be stood on a bit of wood and they would just remove what's underneath you and you would drop and that would be it. But in some situations and cases, like in Texas, where there weren't very many places for um, doing the hanging, they would use such things as trees and that. And um, obviously, a lot of these people that endured this they endured a very slow and painful death by the sounds of it, which I don't think anyone would want to go through. It doesn't matter if you're guilty or not, you know, the life should be ended pretty quickly. So if there are 
spirits of these people around it can be very much understood why you know the deaths weren't pleasant they were tormenting because obviously people were allowed to stand there and watch you be executed not to mention some of the things that some people would do like over here in england for instance when we, when people were hanged the, the crowd would be cheering sometimes they would have things thrown at them and stuff like that it, it was a very very horrible way to to be have your life ended for a crime because not only did you have to endure the hangings and the execution but you would be tormented by the crowd as well which is really really horrible and i can see why they would come back and on and obviously in chipper's case she pleaded that she was innocent and that she hadn't done this this murder so for her she you know it's the fact that she had to live with the fact that she was wrongfully accused then she went for a very slow and painful death and not to mention that you know there would have there would have been people there to witness it and watch it it's really not a nice uh, situation to be going through Growing up in a small town border town in Texas, legends of the supernatural would circulate, giving life to entities that used to scare the life out of you. As a child, we all have heard of the Latusa, the owl-like witch, and how to curse it to scar it, scare it away. We have heard of the dancing devil, the man whose feet turned into hoofs or chicken feet. At a local dance club, we've heard of the horrifying story of the donkey lady bridge and the wailing woman herself, La Llorona. But while these are some of Texas's most popular folklore le legends, another story stands out as equal important because it reminds us of past injustices foisted upon innocent people. Josepha Rogers, also known as Chipita, was for many years thought to be the only woman in Texas ever executed by hanging. Many also believe that her hanging was unjust. And so for that reason, Chipita's suffering spirit continues to roam the cor Corpus Christi countryside. Reportedly born on December the 30th, 1799, Chipita, a native of, Me uh, native of Mexico, eventually settled with her father in the South Texas town of San Francisco. San Francisco. De Hiberna of the western edge of Nusses country. Chipta ran a small inn along Kooten Road near the Aras River, an inn where travellers could find a place to rest and eat. Sources say her illegitimate son, June Silvera, helped her run the inn. In 1863, in August, a horse trader named John Savage was brutally murdered after visiting the inn. As the story goes, he had been carrying with him $600 worth of gold, a small fortune in those days. And then not long, 
After leaving the inn, his hacked up body was found downriver at the bottom of the at the bottom of a burlap bag. Investigating authorities then revealed an axe from Chipper's front porch and also spotted blood. Chipper protested that the axe was for splitting wood and that the blood from butchering chickens, but the sheriff and his men rem remained unconvinced. Legends say Chipper was an old lady in her 90s but she was most likely in her 60s. The jewellery was made up of people pulled off of the street, and it was a swift trial. Chipta did not speak in her defence and was charged with murder in the first degree by Judge Benjamin F. Neal, who also was their first mayor of Corpus Christi. She was protesting protesting someone else all she ever said in the trial was not guilty said keith guthrie a san francisco country historian people said it was a illegitimate her illegitimate son who actually did the axe work even though the jury pleaded for mercy judge neil sentenced chipper to be hanged on friday november the 13th 1863. Again, she repeated, no soy culpable. I am not guilty. Gerdin Magollon of Corpse Christie told the caller times in 1997, Chippetop was hung in my great grandmother's wedding dress. She didn't have a decent dress for her hanging which was really pretty grisly. And my great-grandmother gave her wedding dress for her hanging. Imagine having to deal with the reality that you will be hanged knowing you are innocent. That had to have created emotional trauma for Chipita, which may have unsettled her spirit. Some locals believe that because her body was not buried in a cemetery, instead she was buried beneath the Moscow's tree near the Nutis River, that her spirit can find no peace. Some claim to have heard an actual moan rise from her coffin shortly after her hanging. Others report seeing a ghostly spectre with a noose still hanging around its neck, wandering aimlessly. Among the trees, or they say that they have heard eerie wailing from the bottom of the riverbanks. Let me just see what um, everyone's saying in the room so far. And give a hello to everyone as well. Hello, we've got red drum tv hello anonymous light hello hello coffin uh squawk radio crip six okay we've got coffin and crip six in the room ghost squad scotland hello sherea five 
thank you for saying the awesome show. I really, really do apologise about my reading. I am dyslexic, guys, so I do really find it really hard to read words as it is. But when you're trying to read something that is of a foreign language, such as Mexican, as beautiful as their language and everything is, it's very hard for an English person to be able to read some of the words out. But as I said, I will be putting this out on the Bold and Bonkers page on Facebook so that you guys can read it for yourself. This is an interesting story for sure. Gonna be listening. It is, and it was in Texas. Like, um, I would, I just said to like, to Coffin that I wanted to have some really good stories to do with um, ghosts, but also a, a true story behind it. And I, I decided to look up and some go, some legends of Texas, and there were several. And I will be doing the other ones as well because they sound really good as well. But this one really, really stood out for me for the fact that to a lot of people and from herself, she was saying she was innocent. And a lot of people believe that she was innocent as well. When the way that her death happened, which you can see very much so why her spirit would stay behind, you know, going through that torment, being accused wrongfully for the murder when she'd pleaded that she was innocent. And having that very long and drewing murder. Hello, Christine Johnson. How are you doing? Um, you know, she didn't just die straight away. She she suffered because they they didn't carry it out properly, which is really really horrible. And it's true what it was saying in that in that status. I haven't finished yet, but you know, you can see why her her soul is tormented and why she still stays around. You know, she was innocent. You know, the the hanging was done wrong and she suffered for a long time. Um, I can see why people would be hearing her cries from distance. You know, I, I think I would be doing the same, to be quite honest. You know, it's an horrible way to die. And especially when you're innocent as well. Thank you. This is an interesting story for sure. Going to be listening. Damn axe to the head. Yeah, apparently the man's head was found parted. And um, he had been staying at Chipper's Lodge that obviously she came in to, uh, to have with her father. She actually moved down with her father and that. He run the lodge and obviously she probably took it on when he got too old. And there would be travellers from distance that would come in and um, stay there. Thank you, Dakota. That's very much appreciated, you know. And they would stay there after a long journey to get some food, to get some sleep and that. And, you know, these people would look after them and that. And this man, while staying there, Savage, while he stayed there, he was murdered. Now, it is believed that they believe that it was Chipper's son, but people didn't know that this, this young man was her son indeed. It was kept secret. Um but it's believed that he's the one that acts the man. Maybe something went on. There was a, um, a, you know, a fight or something, and he wanted the money maybe, and maybe Chipita uh, was trying to protect him. So she was saying, you know, it wasn't us and stuff like that, which put herself in a very vulnerable situation. And in fact, he got let off and got five years in prison, and she she was executed, you know, and. And he even testified against her as well, saying that he helped her 
to bury the body, which is really horrible as well, you know. Awesome shows. Thank you. Sh Sharia. Is that your, how your name is? Very beautiful name. Sharia. That's very, very beautiful. Almost the same as mine. Mine's Sherry. But Sharia, that's really pretty. Red Drum. To the gallows. Yes, it was, but not quite to the gallows with this one. She was hanged from a tree uh, at a riverbank, which is awful. Ghost Squad Scotland. Hey, everyone. Hello. Hello, Crip6 with the big wave in hand. Talk about a headache. Oh, yeah, definitely. Most definitely. She did suffer big time. She did, um, you know, first, you know, the incident happens. Then she she goes through trial. There was obviously, by what it's saying, there was people put into the trial that shouldn't have been in, into the trial so that it was an unfair case, okay? So she had no chance. Then from doing that, then she was executed and the execution didn't go right. And she was hanging there for ages and ages, obviously, you know, choking and suffering. And she was rumoured to be in her 90s, but they believe that she was 60. Still an old woman, an old lady and treated like that and, and supposedly innocent. It's awful. You're two hours away from there like wow do you know what that would be a very interesting place when i come back over to texas i don't know if you're up for it uh coffin and uh light maybe we could make a journey down there and we could go and do an investigation or something what do you think guys red drum true and we could maybe go live and stuff and try and get it live squawk radio howdy hello how are you What's up, Bestie? Hello, Bestie. How are you? Which one's best? Is that Squawk Radio? Hey. Caught a break from work. Interesting story. Thank you, Squawk Radio. If that is Bestie, hello. I hope that you're okay. Call break time. And yeah, it is interesting. Anonymous light hung and suffered, especially if she was wrongfully accused. No wonder her spirit haunts the areas it does. Exactly. And I'm sorry, but if that was me as well, I, I would have done that as well. And being an old woman as well, that it's awful. Hello, Mike. How are you, sweetheart? Exactly. An old, an old lady, a grandma. And, you know, the, the most horriblest thing about this story is the fact that the, the guy that's supposed to be supposed to be her son spoke against her. You know, and uh, was okay to watch her go through that, knowing that she was innocent. And, you know, this guy was known to have murdered several people when he was in another job. He'd murdered other people and stuff. So you would think that they would look at it that it was more than likely to be him with her not having any any records or anything of being nasty or bit, or doing anything bad, you, you would think that they would look more towards him, but they didn't. They looked more towards her, which is very bizarre. And like I said, the trial itself was not legit. They brought people off the street. Um, so she didn't stand a chance. Some of the people that were actually like in the trial itself, like the, the 
the judges and that they knew each other now the, in these days when you go through trials and things like that when you have got the representatives like the people that represent the person that's done the crime when you've got the, the lawyers and you've got the judges and that they're never people that know each other because if they know each other then it's easy to make a make a, a convict on something and it not be legit okay so you never use people that know each other in in a court case okay so this in itself was fast and um she you know she was strung up as they would say you know Hello, Smith family, my angels. How are you? Mob mentally, yep. You was getting lonely. Oh, Mike, don't be lonely. You're loved a lot. You know, they don't normally, it's conflict of interest that you don't use the same people that know each other in, in court cases and stuff like that. So this was wrong from the beginning. And the fact that her... Uh, supposable son was okay to watch her go through that as well and only got five years what to go out and do it again i can see exactly why she would be walking around and haunting everywhere and letting people know her anger and upset i would do the same thing getting back to the story guys in 1985 state sen charles torren of corpus christi tried to Recertify the situation by failing, filing a resolution to absolve Chipita Rogers of murder. And while the 69th Texas legislature passed the resolution and gave Mark White signed the resolution on June the 13th, 1985, Chipita's spirit may remain with us still. But some say her spirit only appears now when a woman faces execution in Texas. Others say it appears whenever any Texas woman is unjustly accused of murder. And I can absolutely understand why, you know, because she knows what that feels like. Um, While Josepha Chipita's story may not be a well-known one, as other supernatural tales in Texas, it has had the distinction of being immortalised in several creative works. For instance, an epic poem by Rachel Lonenza, Shadow of the Nuces, as well as the separate poem Chipita, by Teresa Palermo Escota, both celebrate her as a heroine in 1993. The University of Texas Music Department performed the opera Chipita Rogers, composed by Texas A&M Compus Christi Professor Lawrence Weiner. El Caro Cari Cadena, a student, screenwriter, and college graduate of Del Mar College and Texas AM University Corpus Christi, wrote a screenplay about Rogerson in 2010. So 
there are many many people that believe that she was innocent as she said that she was and they have they have done these things in honor of her and to remember her and to show that there are people out there that believe that she was innocent and believe her, her word and hoping that by doing this that it would maybe put her, her soul at rest but it doesn't put her soul at rest because as i've just read here she is said to haunt at times when women are being wrongfully accused of crime and are going to be executed or have been executed she turns up which i can completely understand and so Chipta's legend continues, next time you make it out to Western Newcastle country near the old colony of San Patricio de Helbla, Helbrena, listen for her wailing signs. Part three, it's just a little bit of information about her and stuff, guys. Um, so Joseph Chipta was 63 years old, Mexican-American woman who lived in San Francisco in South Texas. She ran a short sort of motel on Nucius River, renting her porch out to sleep on and feeding weary travellers. One such traveller was a man named John Savage. His body, brutally murdered with an axe and stuffed in a burlap sack, was discovered in the river not too far from Chipeter's place. She and a man named June Silvera, who may have been her illegitimate son, was both arrested and indicated for murder. The evidence was purely circumstantial, with nothing at all to link the man to Rogerson's or Silvera's or Silvera. She went on trial for the murder. She refused to testify on her own behalf, only saying that she was completely innocent. Some said that she was covering for Juna Silva, but it can be confirmed she was found guilty and sentenced to death on Friday, November the 13th, 1863. She was hung from a miscute tree in downtown Dallas, near the current location of the old Red Courthouse. Her last words were, no soy cul culpable, I am not guilty. In 1985, the Texas legislature passed a resolution stating that she had received a fair trial, but they did not post-membrously pardon her. Pictures above. A few depositions of Chipta and how she died. A plaque dedicated to her, the old red courthouse where she was hung. The Nusis River, a mascot tree like the one used for her execution, and a map of Texas indicating where the crime occurred. Katina Sanchez, born and raised in Del Rio, Texas, currently resides in Corpus Christi, where she wears many hats when it comes to her career. Writing being on being one of them, she always has been intrigued by the paranormal and hopes to become more involved with the spooky side of life. So here we have this poor woman, 63 years old, 
wrongfully accused of murder, hanged. So, you know, her, her spirit, her tormented spirit, walks around wailing and crying and angry. And why would she not be? She was an old lady, you know. Um, they say she was 63, but there is rumours that she may have been older in her 90s. So it's just such an awful, awful situation for her to have been in. And, you know, this story is not so known by a lot of people as some of the paranormal um, story phenomena and folklore. But this is one that I do feel needed to be out there more because I found it very interesting and very intriguing. And it's most definitely a case that I'd like to try and um, go and investigate and stuff, you know, um, not out of disrespect of her, but just because of what she went through and hoping that maybe um, I could do something to help her uh, a soul at rest. Mate, that it probably isn't going to happen because in some situations when it comes to the supernatural and stuff like that, when certain circumstances have happened, spirits will not move on for the very reasons of what happened to them. So she may be one of these poor souls that will never move on because of how wrongfully she was treated. But I do feel that this story needed to be put out there because it's not so known in Texas, obviously all around the world and um to me this was a, this was a story that really struck my heart um because of you know a poor old lady wrongfully accused of something she didn't do and she could have been covering up for her son that was known in the past to have uh, murdered several people so it's a very very sad story and it, it's really horrible to think that her poor soul still wanders around seeking for justice and um there's you know when you look at it like that there are many many people that are put to prison over things that they haven't done and some of them in america being executed i can't remember what the name of that film was but he was one that guy, that really big black guy that was um, accused of murdering those little girls, those white little girls, and he wasn't. He found them and he was executed. I can't remember what the name of it was. Um, he was a very caring man and very fragile man. And there was just no way that he would have been capable of murder by the way that he was. He was really big, really big hands. There's a film of it. It's got Tom Hanks in it. And um, he had this he had this mouse in prison that he would look after and it carried on living after he was he that's it green mile another story you know um wrongfully accused of murder because of his his color and the fact that he was at the scene at the time when the girls were murdered but he'd actually come across them and he felt so bad for them and he was trying to help them but because he was there and he had their blood on him he was wrongfully accused. And I remember watching that film and um, being in tears because you could see that the guards at the end knew that he was innocent. And he helped one of the prison guards' wives that were very sick. He had abilities. And I remember just crying because of him being innocent. So it's, it's things like that that really stick out in your head. And it's the same with this poor lady, you know, 63 years old and just a, a normal citizen that 
provides for people that have been traveling for long hours and a man comes to stay with her ends up being murdered and because the blood is on her doorstep she she's accused of the murder you know and she and when she is hanged she's suffering she it didn't snap her neck she was hanging there gasping for air and you know imagine what was going through her head knowing that she was innocent and you know it it was tormenting enough knowing that she was going to be murdered and let alone be hanging there and not being able to look, make her life go quicker. It was slowly being dragged from her. You know, you imagine the pain and the things that that poor lady was going through. And um, it's stories like this that make spirits, guys, you know, and that's why some of these energies are around. If they're wrongfully accused or their, their deaths also go wrong, as well you can very much understand why they're around it's like i have a spirit that comes to me quite regularly and her name is dalla okay now she was wrongfully accused for murdering one of her friends okay and when she was killed she was actually drowned and then she was drowned in the water and that didn't work. So she then she was hanged. Yeah. And even that didn't work straight away. And a bit like what Chipta went through, it took her a while to die. Now, I've had communication with her where she's come through and she's talked about what's happened and that it wasn't her. And I said, why do you stay here? Why do you stay here? Why don't you just go to the light? The Lord and the higher divine powers will know that you're innocent. And she goes, because I didn't get justice. I will not move on till I get justice, until somebody puts my name out there and can prove that I am innocent. And, I'm, and I said, yeah, but who's going to be able to do that? There isn't anybody to do that. I've tried looking up on records for her and stuff as well, and I've not been able to find anything. This was a long, long time back, though. So, you know, for spirits like that, that you can't find any evidence on, and, you, you know, you've got nobody around anymore that would be able to clarify what she was as a person, she'll never be at rest and it, it it really really upsets me when you see this sort of thing go on oh yeah oh yeah and there is a lot of unmarked graves and that all over the world okay those that are not so well known and not well off and those that are apparently done things they shouldn't have done they were all put into unmarked um, graves and stuff including the spirit that i've had communication with and the, i i've tried to find information on her to see if i can find i can't find anything can you know she doesn't come to me all the time but every now and again she will and it, it, it just really really hurts me it really upsets me to see her go through that and, and that's why when i read this story and i see it i was like I really need to do this story because it's close to my heart. Not because I know Chipita, but I know an energy that's been through that as well, similar. And uh, it's a way to get it out there. I'm not saying it's going to help her to go over, but Della went through a, bit, a lot as well. And um, I can reason with them. And poor Chipita went through a lot. And it, it really makes my heart heavy, guys, when people are treated like that. And um, especially because of her age. She was old. 
in the area in Corpus where she haunts is pretty active. I'm I am more than likely imagining that, but I would really, really love to be able to go to this place. Not out of disrespect of her, but because I have a lot of respect for her and with having my abilities and I communicate with many, many different spirits and uh, some of them have been through some really horrible stuff. I really do feel very passionate about the spirit world and about those that have been wrongfully accused or gone through wrong, horrible things. And it really does hold on my heart. And I wouldn't go to this place because I want to get big and I want people to think I'm amazing. I'm going out of respect. I would take flowers and um, some offerings to her as well. I would say that I'm sorry, you know, for you being wrongfully accused of of your crime. And I, I believe your words. I believe that you was innocent. Just, I, you know, I, I'm not saying it would help her, but it may. It may help her to have hear somebody say, I believe that you was innocent. I believe that you was innocent and you was wrongfully accused. I would. And that is the only reason I'd want to go there. How can an old lady that can barely move use an axe and smash the side of someone's head in? It would take force. Exactly like, exactly my point. That's what I'm saying, though. This uh, court case was um, fastened. Okay, they had people in it that shouldn't have been in it because they knew each other and they pulled people off the street that they didn't even know you know, didn't even put them up to training so that they made the right verdict and stuff like that. This was a sham and this was wrong. And that poor lady suffered because of it. And um, that's why I've done this story because it's very close to my heart because of the spirit that I talk to that's gone through that. And I've met up several other spirits that have gone through other things that are not nice. And um, I know that as a person myself, I wouldn't want to be wrongfully accused of something I haven't done either. And I wouldn't want to have to face that sort of death. And I, I do feel for them. And I, I'm just going to show you some pictures. Is there anyone that's up that can just get what I'm going to do is share the, uh, the pictures that I've got here. I should be able to do it this way. I'm sure. Um, it's actually the, it's got the area where the murder was meant to have took place. It's got a picture of her as well. It's got the tree that was used to murder her. Because that is what happened to her. She was murdered. Right. So um, let me get this up like this and then go over to here. Share the screen over to that Facebook and share it right so here this is the map of Texas now this area here is said to be where San Francisco country Texas this is where it said that the murder of Savage was supposed to have taken place this is where Chipper's home and hotel was and this is where it was said that he was murdered just here the next one is a picture of the tree that was used well or a tree that was like the one that was used to execute chipita 
and it's near the river as well this is the river that um the body of the man was found savage as well and this is the area where chipita would have been executed i believe that this is the courthouse where they wrongfully accused chipita of first degree murder Then you've got the beautiful area that surrounds where she was executed and where Savage's body was found. An absolutely beautiful and stunning area, but it is said to be very active. And somebody did say that in the room as well. Um, it's most definitely somewhere I would I would want to visit out of respect, as I said. Then here I was looking, I did really look like around to find. We've actually got an old um report of her execution. Okay, so we got Chipperton, November the 13th, 1863. Mrs. Orgut, Orgut, Mexican widow, and her son, Julian Silver, and she was also a widower, widower. She had lost her husband, okay? And her son, June, ran a, a small inn at San Francisco, Texas, in 1863, a Corpse Christi horse trader, returning from San Antonio, where he had sold some horses, told the Confederate army stopped overnight at the inn. A few days later, his body, wrapped in burlap, burlap, was found floating in the river. He had been hacked to death with an axe. And as he was last seen at the inn, Mrs. Rogers and Silveran was arrested and charged with having killed him for the money that he was known to be carrying. With first, first, When first arrested, both pro protested their innocence, but at their trial, they said nothing. Each eventually believing the other to be guilty, the evidence was flimsy and circumstantial and the motive had been disproved before the trial when john savage when john savage the trader's saddle bags consisted of 600 dollars were found nothing less both were convicted and silver received a 5 year sentence his mother in spite of the re recommendation of mercy by the jury was sentenced to, to be hanged by the judge and she was publicly executed at San Francisco on November the 13th 1863 Old West Winter 1968 the curse that killed San Francisco town by rule MacDonald page 32 so this is a document about the court case and what had happened to the man savage that was murdered okay so this is actually a documented piece so then going on to here this next picture is actually a picture of her this is supposed to be a picture of her ghostly sighting that you would see under a tree and um the poor lady that's all i can say 
then the next one this is her picture of her being hanged you can see the rope her in, a, in the dress obviously there the dress looks black but apparently she was buried in a white dress but sometimes apparently she is seen in a black dress as well it really depends on the situation so it's either a white or a black dress that she will be seen in um but again a poor a poor woman that was wrongfully accused of murder was a widower and her son was quite happy to watch his mother be executed and even spoke against her by the sounds of it so uh, they were the pictures It is messed up, like, most definitely. And I wanted to put this story out. I know this, like, that picture is quite gruesome, the last one. and uh, But I do feel that her story needs to get out there. And I, I believe that her soul should be at rest. And if she was to go to the light, to the divine and the powers and that, they, they would know she was innocent. But she won't because she wants in, she wants justice, obviously. That's why she wanders these, these grounds and whales and stuff you know she was wrongfully accused and she wants she wants justice and uh i thought that i i would get these pictures i looked because i was looking for the pictures in the first place but then i came across a piece of documented writing about her case and uh i showed coffin and he was like yeah yeah put that up with that as well and i was like i was going like God rest her soul, the poor lady, you know, and, and a widower, you know, she lost her husband and more than likely in a war or a battle or something, you know. And I just wanted to give you guys um, a really good show again. And, you know, I know these shows are quite morbid because they're about things that have happened and they're about spirit and that. But I, you know, when you're an investigator and you do this sort of work, it's not just about getting evidence of spirit existing and that. It's about telling the history and the story of those um, people and hopefully, for some cases, finding them justice. Obviously, for me, I don't think there's going to be very much we can do to, um, to prove the innocence of her, but I believe in her word completely. And just to be able to go to that place and say to her, I believe your story. And I believe that you you didn't do this and that you was wrongfully trialed. You don't know what that might do. You know, she probably don't hear that from it. Even though there are people that have put stuff out in honour for her and stuff. You know. Dark history is very good to know. And it, like I said, when you're when you're an investigator and you're you're a you know, you, you do this sort of work, it's not all about getting the evidence that they exist and trying to get yourself up there and be the biggest it is about the stories behind these people and what's happened to them and why these things happen that is really important when you're an investigator it's not about you getting the evidence it's not about you being the best at what you do it's about you putting the stories out there and helping those souls to possibly be able to move on as well and putting their stories out there because all those years back she wasn't listened to okay 
And um, that's what I'm trying to put out, that it's not just about the paranormal and the spooky side of it. There is a story behind every spirit you come across, okay? And their stories should be able to be heard. Um, I believe in that completely. So I hope that you did enjoy this show, guys. And thank you for listening. And next week, my show is going to be on the Mexican term of the bogeyman or the boogeyman, whatever you want to call him, okay? I'm going to be talking about him next week. Then I have seen a few other cases that were on the same page as what Chipper's one was that seemed quite interesting as well. So I will be doing a few, doing some research into a few others. But next week is going to be the alternative behind the, the boogeyman, the Texas side of it. So make sure that you do tune in for that. Again, thank you to all of our TV people, our sponsors, our supporters, all of the people that put us out there on different networks and help us to continue to be able to do what we do. A big thank you to all of my angels in the ring for supporting my show and for coming in. Very much appreciate that. Love you all very, very much. I hope that you did enjoy the show and I hope that it's opened your eyes a little bit, guys, and made you realise that ghost hunting is not just about the spirits, it's about their past and the story that deserves to be told. So till next Friday, remember the Bold and Bonker boys are on Friday and Sat uh, Saturday and Sunday. I'm going to be doing some shows over the weekend as well, guys, so keep an eye out for me. I'm going to be doing a um, UFO watch thing tomorrow. Then on Friday, uh, Sunday, I'm going to be showing this show again on my YouTube on my YouTube channel for anyone that hasn't come in that's in my group that comes in. So you're more than have, um, welcome to come uh, in and, and sit that. Um, I'm also got a video being put up tomorrow at 6 p.m., which is from a investigation and exorcism I done quite a few years back. My lovely man put the video together for me and spruced it up to make it look really cool. So don't miss that. That's 6 p.m. UK time tomorrow, guys. So there are going to be some shows. Obviously, the Boulder Bonker shows are at 10 p.m. UK time, Saturday and Sunday. So don't miss them. Look out for all of the other guys that are associated with the Bold and Bonkers show as well, because um, I'm sure they'll have shows as well. But from me, until next time, be real, be true, be safe. Remember, enjoy your investigating, but remember the stories. And I'll see you all very soon. And a blessed be from me and a merry parting. And I'll see you very, very soon. Network, we would like to remind everybody that certain topics of discussion may not be comfortable for all listeners. Certain viewpoints may not reflect those of our partners, sponsors, affiliates, our hosts, or that of our guests. We would like to encourage everybody to keep a respectful and open climate of discussion for all topics, no matter how disturbing they may be. So viewer discretion is advised.
you know this world has gone insane. It is absolutely no secret. But tonight, Saturday night, you are about to experience the true measures of what that insanity can bring you. Tonight, you are about to see ball and bonkers. The one-of-a-kind show that they'll speak into the world with no now, meet your hosts, Dakota Franson, Specialist of the Strange, and Crystal Mule, the UFO fanatic. Now, give it up, and let's see what these two idiots can bring you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to tonight. We listen, guys. We, we had a, a guest coming on, but sadly, he's not very well. So hopefully, it gets better soon. The, the other guest that was going to be on is Lewis. If you're watching this, it's absolutely fine, man. He had to do an emergency car pickup, so everything's fine there. We'll get you on again sometime. So do you know who we invited on? Who other than Sherry herself? Sherry. Your mic's muted, by the way. Just thought I would point that out there. Oh, you're right. muted, Sherry. Oh, it's Dash. It's <laughs> Dash. Dash. Dash is barking. He's running the boot. Right, you know. No, that's no, it's not her dog. It's someone else. Whoever it is, hello. But anyway, um, ladies and gentlemen, the show begins shortly. So tonight we're going to be talking about meditation and strange things that you can experience in the meditation world. Sherry, how are you? I am fine, apart from being uh, tug of ward by energy's opposite side. I wouldn't worry about it. That happens all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what, what, what are you feeling? Me. What do you mean? Uh, what, what are you feeling right now? Like, what's... It's really static right now. That loads of electronic and it? it like electric energy. Mm. Mm. Very strange. And for everybody in the chat, everybody on the Twitch, thank you for coming. Um, we'll give it a couple of minutes to let it warm up and let everybody come in. And I would like to congratulate Sherry for her views yesterday on her show. You've done very well. Yeah, and thank you to everybody that actually watches us as well because it is. Because if it wasn't for you, that you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, so Dakota, I see Dakota has a new mic tonight. How are you, Dakota? Hi. Yeah. He's got a posh one. That oh, looks really big as well. He's got a bigger one than me. Look at that; it's bigger than my one. Yeah. Uh, mm. Why yeah. are you concerning about mic size, there, Chris? Well, you know that's it's. Oh. It's not the mic size that counts, you know. It's not the mic size that counts, you know. And for everybody on Facebook, welcome, welcome. So Dakota, how are you? That's yeah. all the women mm. say, Chris. It's is not it just the, the woman. Size, the is it just the woman? It's the ocean mm. of the motion. Wait, what? Mm. Wait, you're fucking me up. <laughs> so how are you tonight, Dakota? How's things? Oh, things are going all right. Uh, got a new kitten last week and none of the cats want to play nice with the new baby yet so mm -hmm. that's been fun so dakota what are we going to be talking about tonight what interesting strange things and different dimensional 
creations are we talking about tonight? I don't know, man. We keep having all these guests cancel last minute. It throws us off, you know? I know, I know, I know. And it's terrible, but we'll just have to go with it. We've got an hour of fun. Um, I noticed we're getting hit with a big solar flare tonight, eh? so I think there might be a wee bit of Facebook's not running quite right, I've noticed, and other kind of things are not running quite right, so, you know? Yeah, well, it is what it is. It is but what no, it is. Well, it doesn't have to you know, a god saddened look, because you never know what you may see, especially as a light. That's exactly. So everybody that's in the chat, Speak in the chat, guys. Don't be shy. Any new people that's in the chat. Ken, it's weird because it says there's eight people there. It says there's 15 people on here. And I've got another one next to me. It says there's 30. And it just keeps fluctuating. That's so weird, that. Yeah, and nobody's writing. Normally, people do write in the room, which is really random as well. What have you done, Dakota? Uh, have you pissed off um, David Zuckerberg again? David Zuckerberg? Who the fuck is I'm Zuckerberg. David Zuckerberg, getting a guy who owns Meta, whatever his name is. You mean Mark Zuckerberg? Why? Same guy, isn't it? Yeah, same reptilian. Mm, reptilian shapeshifter. So anyway, oh, Sherry, Sherry, what are you experiencing right now with the strange things around you? Just a lot of, like, electrical energy. And I have noticed... Uh, several for the last couple of days the activity and behavior of my my friend has been rather peculiar it's been going into a lot of meditation state and just standing there like rocking and it's just like what are you doing and like is, telling is me that the guy quiet. with the weird cloak is that the weird with the guy with the weird cloak that fully yeah his and, and, like, yeah. and it like i've Obviously, as you know as well, I've been able to start picking up on when they come and communicate through like the chats and stuff like that. It seems like, yeah. like even though I've always been open and I've been able to communicate with them, that it seems to be coming a lot more at the minute. Yeah. And um, I've just got to see. I've been seeing some views and some sightings quite a lot in the sky, yeah. like different lights and stuff like that. Which is really, really yeah. random. Oh, that anonymous light saying? actually brings up a very That's good point. Great. Apparently, there's video going around of a fleet of UFOs that have been hovering over Ukraine, watching the war, and that some fighter jets saw one following them. Yes, well done, anonymous light. I was, I that's, I seen something yeah. like that. I seen them going on a bit. See, this is happening. the thing, right? This is the thing. What happens if what's happening the now, and the world is just like a cover story for what's really happening? Well, and the, you can. That's what I think. And like he's sitting there laughing at the moment when you say that. So there is some sort of truth to it. And the really weird thing about it is, is a lot of them that are here, they don't want these wars and stuff going on. And there's a relevance to the wars, I guess, as well, which is why they're here. Um, it's strange that they're following our military people, though. So hmm. yeah, it's so. It's it's so weird this by the way because I'm on YouTube right now on the on my YouTube right, and there's nobody speaking in the chat whatsoever. No, there ain't. That's what I was saying a minute ago. I said I've noticed that there's nobody talking in the chat when normally there is. There's 180 people in there and nobody is talking. What's going on? Speak. Does it mean talk to us? Please. And where's like where's like um Brighton from? Is he on Facebook? No, it says he's on YouTube. No, well, I don't see his comments. I don't see. See, this is this anything. is the thing. 
this is the thing that there's something really funky going on right now. I mean, it's it's so weird. Mm. It is so weird. I mean, where's the, the Paranormal United Network? They're on Facebook. Parapost Network Central. They're on Facebook. Anonymous Light. Where are you? You're on YouTube. Yeah, norm, Light would up. normally be on YouTube. Light is um is my partner's mate. Yeah, he's, he's a friend. It's, um, I'm on Facebook. I've got my my phone set up at the side here. I'm not seeing. Not, I've, oh, got, I've, I've just seen Red, red Drum, drum right in the room. I'm most I mostly lurk. Red Drum's just right, but I'm not seeing yeah. anybody else. Everybody that's watching right now, come on, right doing who you are. Just right doing a smiley face or whatever. We don't care because there's something really weird going on. Mm -hmm. Something really weird going on. I don't on, know why I, I get a feeling that only certain people are supposed to be seen. Aye. It's so weird. I mean, Anonymous Light's on, you can clearly see he's on YouTube because he's got the YouTube icon, right? Mm. I can see him on my laptop through the main control center, but I can't see him on YouTube. No, we're getting... Nap. Oh, we're getting monitored. We're getting monitored. Yeah, I can, see him, I can see him on the uh, on the stream yards, but I can't see him on the actual chat. Like, I can see post and all that on here as well, yeah. on the thing, but not in the chat. It's, again, it's weird because I've got another account, a couple other accounts, and I just went on it there and checked it, and I haven't got the notification for this, even although the wee bell's hurt. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there you go, guys. Like, thank you, uh, whoever the artificial intelligence is that's doing this to us to try and curb things. Oh, anonymous light, hum, strange, there he's, there he's popped up. He's popped up now on YouTube. Very strange. 444 people watching. I, I can see what's, him as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which, nobody which else. Twitch, I can't see anyone which, else. Which Twitch like right now? What's the, the dialogue for Twitch? Uh, looks like you've got six according to StreamYard. I'll pop over there real quick. So you guys, this is this is this is the the powers that be that do not like things like this. They don't like talking about things like this for some Travis weird reason. Seeds. And, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of a couple articles I've been seeing flying around lately where naval advisors are saying releasing information about what they have on UFOs is a considered a national security threat. Yeah. But let's face it, it's all new about UFOs. I mean, no, you I know all yet, but have you seen have you see that video I sent to you the other day? The one it was on Twitter and it was like a forest fire. Did you watch that? Who me? Yeah, that was from a couple of years ago, actually. And you could see something like, moving in the back. Yeah, there was you know a that disappeared. Yeah, yeah, I disappeared with my phone. I disappeared. Strange, that, isn't it? Well, like we said, we had the our friend Asher's. She made a very good comment. She can post all sexy pictures all she wants online, but the second she posts something on YouTube about about a UFO, she gets flagged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's Raymond, like that show that I done yesterday. You know, like I put all of that content up into your into the room, like for mm -hmm. the uh, show that I done yesterday. Yeah, they, uh, they. They put a, one of those band monitor things on it, saying that it was inappropriate because of spam and all sorts of things. But See, it was educational. 
that's weird. I think I think we're getting policed in certain things we say. I mean, I mean, if we to advertise stupid, mad behaviour, doing terrible things, it would be allowed. But if we're actually talking about things that are actually happening on this planet, that's actually real. It's not allowed to be. But put it, well, it wasn't even that disturbing. All it was was talking about the the poor woman that you know was hanged for something she didn't do in that. And I put the pictures and stuff up, and they they took it down. But well, they didn't take it down. Only admins can see it. Yes, that's true. Well, for the two hundred and twenty eight people that's watching this right now, eighty two hundred and sixty five people in uh, YouTube. Uh, I don't know how many. What's in a uh, hundred thirty-three? There is a red one in the room. Anonymous is in the room, and Stephanie. That is all I'm seeing yeah. writing in here at the minute. Come on, everybody! Oh. Everybody that's watching this, put your thumbs up because uh, let's say quail um, the Facebook and the YouTube police. You know, isn't the UK? Isn't yeah, anonymous has a, a It wasn't. Point. It wasn't a video though. Like it wasn't a video. It was actually the written content that like that I'd put up with um just the pictures it wasn't uh, the video the video is still up there you can watch the videos the video is fine well it is a subject where Same. somebody is taking a, a, an axe to a head so unfortunately the uk is kind of taking obsessive yeah, but that's ridiculous in order to try like to combat you can that see, it's not like you can see the man being axed is it or anything like I, that that's, they, don't make i'm going I'm going to bring up something about Facebook here, right? And I don't know if anybody in the chat can agree with me here. I'll go through Facebook and I'll have a look at the kind of bit you can watch videos and stuff. And you'll see people torturing animals on there. And you'll see yeah, people... Uh, that's what I'm ex, saying. How uh, beheading videos for ISIS and stuff like that, right? And then you put a video out saying there's UFOs and it doesn't get shown. It's bad. It shows your priorities. Yeah. It's... it's Censorship is anonymous, like it says. So without further ado, shall we start about meditation? Uh, shall we... Do you want to begin, Dakota? Would you want to dive in to the deep end? Into the strange world? Now, don't get me wrong. It's been proven that meditation is helpful, but are you sure you're not yeah. to just wanting to talk about that as an excuse to cover up the fact that your ass is high right now? I I wouldn't say I was high. I wouldn't say I was high. I wouldn't say I was high. I would just say I was very mellow. I do partake in the CBD oil. Yes, I'll admit that. And it helps me. It takes away the pain and stuff like that. It does help me. It, it just makes you extremely mellow. But kids, don't try it without, you know. See, see give yeah, me the yeah, full Chris. screen here. Yeah, Chris, what? Um, you what? hardly have any iris to your eyes right now. Your pupils are so damn dilated. You. <laughs> That, that's no me. That's the <laughs> that's the the extraterrestrials are coming to me from beyond the new. You got like big anime eyes. I think it was gonna be hammer eyes. You know what do you think, ladies and gentlemen? There's coffin crew there. What do you guys all think? You know. So I tell what you what, Sherry, you take watch. us away. What's what's your guides saying to you right now, Sherry? Because I see you looking round about you like that. <laughs> It's not so much that they're saying, it's that they're doing that weird meditation thing and that really worries me when they start doing that because every time yeah. they do that, they take me, like, literally, and I'm like, oh. I, I don't think they'll take you. There is another energy here, and I was warned by him earlier that something may happen and that something was going to change, and now I've been invited on your show. Okay. <laughs> Mysteries. There, Sherry? <laughs> yes. What are you saying, Sherry? 
I think Dakota's looking awfully happy tonight, ladies and gentlemen. What do you all think in the chat? Do you not think uh, Dakota's looking extremely happy? I know there's 677 people you know, here, watching this. something that I want to understand. Why is it when a big man shows any sort of emotion other than resting bitch face, everybody freaks out? But I'm not freaking out. I, I, I'm, I'm chilled. Yes, I'm chilled, Tay. Sherry's chilled. I'm chilled. Dakota, well, I, I think you're going to be chilled, Tay. I know. Why now, I've got some chilled. pretty, pretty big um, guys from another land standing here. So, uh, it really oh, doesn't face me big guys at the minute. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know. But anyway, I mean, let's, 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 let's stay on the subject of the UFO stuff. Then. I mean, have you, Dakota, has there any been other news lately about UFO sightings? Anything interesting? A lot of it or has it been covered been... up. By the, I don't know. There's been a few reports I've been looking into lately that kind of add to the fuel fuel to the fire that something is uh, something's about to happen. Oh yeah, I mean there's dates, there's dates, and I don't know if anybody in the chat can agree here. There's dates. The nineteenth of September. Obviously, you'll get the Queen's burial. Then you yeah. get the twenty fourth and the twenty sixth. Something's going to happen. No one knows what it is. But maybe that's a show we should actually do, like prophecies, you know, like Nostradamus and stuff like that. What do you think, guys? Yeah, but it was like he was saying about the uh, Simpsons show, weren't it? Saying that's that they right. actually predicted that the, the day that yeah. the Queen was going to die and it actually happened. And apparently right. um, Dakota was saying something about Prince Prince Charles, uh, King Charles, sorry. Excuse me, sir. King mm. Charles, you know what I mean? I like know. a date. Um, I won't say yeah. that because we don't want that to be coming to light. But yeah. So Dakota, what did you see? What episode was this? I don't remember what episode it was, but there's also another guy that's freaked out a lot of people on Twitter because he posted dates he expected both the Queen and King Charles to die, and it lines up exactly with what the Simpsons were saying as well. And so far, one of them's come true. See, this is the thing. There's a lot of stuff that the Simpsons has predicted that's came true. Did anyone ever see the episode with the Twin Towers? Yep. Did anyone ever see the episode where who was the other one? It was, it was the, all the world leaders were in the secret bunker, and they were talking about a so-called virus coming, and that was before. 2000 that was 2019 right about then it makes you wonder for the people that read yeah, us, get, we just get got writers. monetized yeah no but no i'm just saying that's why i'm keeping those words out and i'm i'm keeping these words out but it makes you wonder where the cartoon guys actually get this frame do you think they're just plucking it out there or do you think there's maybe a wee a small that's amount the, that's the explanation there's that when you ask them about it because it's been so long they've kind of made a game out of it but yeah they just say that their production crew all the animators everybody involved in the storyboard process with the simpsons just happens to be highly intelligent people that's the reason they give and i would also like to make a public announcement when you're watching our videos guys could you please watch the adverts because it where hopefully we'll save up enough money soon to get dakota a hair transplant <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I just couldn't help myself, you know. 
Why am I the one that has to be a hair transplant? I look. I still I got a good. I've got two there. Can you not see them? Sherry, see. Okay, Homer. Pull them out at night, you know. You know, I used to free until one fell out. You know. So Sherry, Sherry looks weird, didn't you? You feel? I'm hearing like the tones. Yeah. You know, you guys froze on my end, and I'm starting to hear them. If anybody in the chat notices or feels anything, please say in the chat, Twitch, whatever we're streaming right now, say in the chat if you notice anything strange. Because, what's that? The Raymond G Newsroom. And he's there. Oh! <laughs> you can Homer Simpson. I don't know. Homer Simpson's all right. He likes his beard, doesn't he? So what you what do you see running about you, Sherry? Tell us because obviously we've got nearly six hundred people watching this. What do you feel what, what are they actually doing? What did the well, one you do? The guy her name, the one that's here with, with the cloak and stuff, like he's sitting it's like there's one of them sitting and like just like looking at me with like this grin on, on their face the other one is just standing there in a meditation state like rocking back and forth i'm seeing like the the light and the energy coming out of mm -hmm. him like he's worrying me a little a little bit i think something's gonna happen i think something and it feels really hot i don't know if you guys can feel that as well but it feels like it's i've got the opposite it's like the heat's Gone up. It's I've really freezing. It's, really it's weird warm. because if I put my hand out to the side here, it goes into like hot air. And then when it comes okay. here, it's like it's like, ice like I don't feel like I'm fully being took, but I do keep feeling like somebody's tapping. He's waiting. No, he's waiting to, he's waiting for permission to come through. That's what he's waiting on. That these guys don't wait for me to give them permission, they just do it because of I how open I, I am. I think it's somebody else that usually uses somebody else to come through is waiting on permission to come through. There is definitely an unfamiliar energy that I'm not used to. What are you feeling, Dakota, right now? I'm starting to get a static of my spine. I'm just getting that feeling that somebody's standing in my grave. You know the you know the I heard somebody laugh here. That's so weird. Anybody else in the chat? Any of you laughter? Your mic's cutting out again. Like something's going like this. I think you should try an experiment with tones. Which one shall we do? Not Shasta. Well, give me one sec. Here's Drew's part of the vlog in the chat. Welcome. Got it working. All right, let's. There's something. something here. Let's see. One of the common complaints we get whenever we try to do one of these. Mm -hmm. Is that this, obviously the audio's 
cuts out slightly. Oh wait, what am I doing? This has this can connect to Bluetooth. Yeah. I mean I could Hold play on. it through the phone. No no no. Hold on a sec. We'll be playing soon, guys. We're just going to play the tones and see what happens. Um, see, this is what happens when we have guests cancel on us. We have to pull a whole bunch of shit out of our ass. Yeah. But don't, don't worry, Lewis. We'll get you back when sometime. It's all right. You know I mean? I, I'm I a very late club, Lewis. Don't it. worry. That's all right. All right. Yeah. Let's see if but, it'll work now. I think we're up to 140 something people on Twitch right now. But there must be something wrong with the chat. I mean, well, these people that's in here should be. Oh, there we go. There's somebody new. There's somebody Nikki new. Nikki Cameron, welcome. hello. Okay. You know? Strange things are afoot, dear Watson, as one would say. Hello from Australia. Welcome. It must be late over there right now. What time is it in Australia right now? God, it's got to be almost tomorrow in Australia. <laughs> yeah, it's Sunday night or something like that. All right, that's not one to work. Can you hear it? There we go. It's a brand new soundboard. Give me a minute. It's playing me soundboard. Well, yeah, it's only to get the tones coming through clear. <laughs> Yeah, because you don't want a reverb, you know. 5 a.m. Sunday, and that's what you call people that subscribe to the channel. That's, thank you for watching us at that time. <clears throat> Wait a minute, there's a new one on the app. Did you know this, Chris? There's a new Giza Pyramid chant. A Giza Pyramid chant. Play yeah, it. The, the CE5 Play app has been updated and there's new tones. Play the Giza Pyramid chant. If anyone gets took over or possessed by an alien, please write in the chat. Yeah, <clears> that's <throat> an interesting little point, you think. Load, you bitch! Was it, was it there? Is it taking its time? Is it? Alright. This is from the CE5 app by Dr. Stephen Greer. We're just going to go into a little background here. This is a 12-minute chant recorded by a group, including several opera singers. Ooh. Ooh. Inside the king's chamber of the Giza pyramid. This recording was shared during a training with Dr. Greer back in 2017 by one individual present during the experience. Groups that have played this chant during CE5 have described a feeling of powerful energy and have had several notable experiences. Right, and also we need to give a disclaimer in the chat. If anybody gets like sore heads or feeling sick or seeing strange creatures coming into the room or strange ships outside the window, <laughs> please tell us and sign off if you get any sore heads or anything like that. Yeah, when it comes to stuff like this, if you start getting a sore head, just turn it off. It's yeah, nothing to worry about. It's like a muscle strain. I'm just going to mute my mic. 
certainly is gorgeous. Wait a second. Can you hear? I can't hear a thing. Shaddy, can you hear that? No. Is my sound not coming up though? Nope. No. Oh, come on. That's All right. so weird. Let me have a look. Um, Old school hardwired is then. Oh, I gotta get my shit more organized here. Yeah, that sounds more like Sherry's the fan on Sherry's laptop. No, there, there, there isn't any fan going on on my laptop. It's completely quiet here. I'm just scrambling noise. It does sound like a computer fan going right now. That's all I'm hearing. I'm also hearing kind of a deep, like a really deep voice trying to come through. That's what I'm hearing too. Yeah, definitely no fan thing going on on my laptop. Normally my laptop does do it quite loudly. There's only one being I've ever heard have that deep of a voice. What's that? And the focus was Metatron. Hmm. All right. All right. What if it's to do with the mega... Metatron, not Megatron. We're not talking Transformers ex-wife. That's weird, that, because there's people in the chat, and I've brought up my phone, and now they're not showing up. Huh. Like Drew, for instance, Drew's paranormal vlog there. I can see her there. That's so weird. It could be mimicking the sound, but it's definitely not doing that because normally I would mute my mic if it's doing that because it's too loud. I'm not hearing anything. All I'm hearing is uh, these tones. Give me a minute. I keep getting these uh, flashes of purple. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't understand why I don't see Drew's. When I sign in using my other account, I don't understand why I can't see her. But if I change into a different account, I can see her. Something strange going on there. <clears throat> That's so weird. I don't know what's going on here. I can see her there. If I sign into the Bald and Bonkers main channel, I can see her. But I can't see her through my new channel that I set up. And it's weird. I'll just need to sign into my into Bald and Bonkers. In fact, I'll sign into Paranormal Unknown, see if that works. No. That's so weird. There's other people not showing up in my chat either. 
Drew, could you say something that's maybe making the sound? I don't know if you could speak again in the chat for me. I just don't understand that. That's a motorbike, by the way. If anyone thinks something weird's going on. I'll sign back into the Bolden Bonkers. And I can see her. Something's really weird's going on. My heart rate's increasing as well at the minute. There's some type of electric magnetic interference. Dakota, mm. can you play that or do you want me to try and play it? Something. Can you hear any noise? I can hear a noise. I can hear someone trying to speak. Yeah. See, there's Drew's paranormal blog saying that she can't see past comments with people in the chat. There's something really weird going on here tonight, guys. Library. Tones. The Giza Pyramid. My, you know, like you got them, you like when you use your mouse thing on your laptop, you've got like the inside the square bit, and mm -hmm. you use it, and you've got the little hand thing that's moving around on my screen on its own. Now it's stopped. That's so weird. I mean, I can play the game really quickly. I know something's coming. I know something's coming. I can play the Giza Pyramid for you if you want. The coat is going. That's the Giza Pyramid. Stop that at the noon, I'll tell you why. I'll make you a mod, Drew, see if that helps. There's something going on with the chat. Dakota seems to boot it. Sherry, try speaking to him. Dakota. Interesting, Master Denley. Dakota. 
don't use the light language they know i've got a feeling that he's getting a down they're telling me that i need to use the light language because he is not where he's supposed to be something is going oh. on chris dakota they don't they don't like that tone Chloe, can you hear my voice? In Shatamana Tishe, Dakota. Andrew's not like this by tape. Dakota, follow my voice. Come back, come back. Shamshe and Shante, come back. Dakota, listen to my voice. My voice will guide you. Come back. You need to touch your feet to the ground, to the earth. Come back. Can you hear my voice? That's weird. Intrema Chasse, Dakota. Weird. Can you message uh, Coffin Sherry and ask him if he's, he's still speaking in the chat because people are disappearing in the chat. Messaged him. Impletu say Dakota. Oh, he's back, but I don't think it's him. No, it's not him. See, ladies and gentlemen, this is why you have to be very careful. The energy that's the energy that's behind him is not like our normal ones. 
No, actually, no, I know who that is. I can't see the posts. Lights just wrote in the room, but he says he can't see the posts. I'm bringing them up. That's so weird. Why can you not see posts? That is me tapping, guys. Look, I'm just trying to stop myself from going. It's my guys talking for me at the minute. It is weird. Yeah, well, this happens a lot when we all get together and our energies start doing the uh, star seed sort of stuff and the energies come around us. Weird stuff starts happening with the chat. There was once when Drew was in the room and she just got kicked and nobody had done anything. And that was through the energy that was inside me at the time. So it's weird because in the room it's weird because for me in the main control room panel i can see drew and you're saying you're light. only seeing one What's or that? two people drew but i'm seeing 53 people in the room i see i see this is so weird because when the control Hello, room says the laptop, in the room as well i can see red drum but I, didn't but i see, say to you at the beginning of the show there's only going to be certain people you can see yeah that it, it, that, that's relevant i can see drew red drum Coughing, coughing and anonymous they've popped and up i can see yeah at the minute that's all i can see i see sophie earlier but i can't see her again anymore but with my phone open i can't see Andy. and with my let ipad open on the other side i can see red well. that's let up. me see if it's not just technical issues or because if i can't see anything on my phone either then we know that it's definitely uh Related to the the you get, a, I was just going to say to Dakota if he's got a pen and a bit of paper because I think he wants to write something down. Do you want to write something, Dakota? Um, I got that. I don't know why I said that. That's so weird. I've never ex experienced technical problems. So, are you before. seeing comments in the room on your phone? I can. I can only see the people, right, I can only see us, there's people, this is the weird thing, I can see Drew, Coffin, and YouTube, but in here, I can only, I can see Red Drum and Anonymous. Well, I'm seeing exactly what I'm seeing on here, on the <clears> phone, <throat> there is no other comments, so my phone's not even picking up any other comments either, which is really random. My iPad... Is just blank. Coffin's checked his phone. He sees no comments. Coffin can only. So Coffin's only the only person that's in the chat is Coffin. Just mine. He can only see his. But he's in YouTube. He should be able to see everybody. He should be able to see Drew, Red Rum. He should be. Write it down, Dakota, if you've got pen there. Um, I'm just flabbergasted because on here we've got 99 people watching. On YouTube we've got 87 watching. On Twitter we've got 100. Here. On my phone it's saying 15. 
I think I think we're getting what's the word policed. Um, yeah, do that, do that. I'm not even I can't even see light writing in the room now at the minute. I don't know if he's still in the room or not. I can't see lights comments anymore. See Drew. Light, you see Drew? I can I see, see Drew. Drew. I can see Coffin. I've not seen Medrum since a couple of minutes ago. I can't see his comments at the minute. Only what's in the chat so far. Drew's saying she's seeing 86 people. I'm seeing 76. This is the craziness of this. This has been happening all week. I think the I don't know why, Chris. But you feel really <clears throat> weird. Oh, I feel weird all the time. But I, look, look, like, I know you feel weird, but I mean feel weird in a different way. Like I'm used to how I normally would feel when they're around. There is that there is another energy here or something's going oh, on. Oh, there's there's definitely another energy here. Since that um yeah, he's here. that time went on. Oh yeah, he's here. He, they use me like a phone now. I doesn't really affect me. Um I don't like the I don't like the feel of him either. He's he's all right. Um Dakota, he, there's something that he wants you to write down. Write it down. He needs a pen and a bit of paper. He needs to write it down. Christian Day, hey. Christian Day, hey Chris. Sorry, I'm late. I can see Chris Christine in the room. I can see her now too. Got a hundred people watching us now. I'm seeing yeah. eighty eight. Let me try something. I want to play that tone again. Something's went me to do this, and I don't know why. Chris. No, 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 no. Why? They, Why? they don't like it. It's making them do something random. That's hurting my ears. It's they want me to do it for the other. Why is that? Why is it affecting you like that, Sherry? It, it's hurting my ears. Why? That's interesting. That I've said that when you put that on, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with it. Something's but it doesn't affect me. It just makes me feel more enlightened. Um, no. Every tone's different for every every species, Christian. You know I mean, and I I really don't. They were they didn't like that at all. What are you feeling, New Dakota? Because you're going to use it slightly. Can you hear tapping? That's Dakota. As he's tapping some. Oh right, okay. Interesting. 
the entities that I'm used to or used to the other tones, they didn't they didn't like that tone and it was affecting me because obviously I'm connected to them because of what I am. And that made my ears feel like they were ringing and like somebody yeah. was pumping my head. That's what it felt See, like. I was asked tonight to play the Mount Shasta tones. I didn't care the geezer pyramid tones were there until Dakota said I wanted to play the Mount Shasta tones. Let's see what happens when I had the Mount Shasta tones that was meant to play in the first place. Because I'm getting warnings. I don't know what it is. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like every every tone's meant for somebody else. If you get my draft, for some reason I can listen to them all. It doesn't really dent me. Um, Christian Day, if you rewind the video a wee bit, you'll you'll see what we're talking about. I know it's down to 52 or 3 now. It's weird. It's in, on my phone. It says something else. It says 75. <clears throat> I just don't know what's going on. Hey, Brannon. Got like very static, like my hairs are standing up. <laughs> I'm just going to turn off my my screen just for a second or two, okay? Stop here. There's something I want to do. It's seeing these purple flashes. Seeing like clay cats. What the hell's that? Hammer. Hammer horrible. If you're wondering what this is all about, it's about meditation and CE5 protocols. And if you rewind the video a wee bit, you'll be able to understand. Clay caps under the water. Seeing like clay cats under the water. Clay cats? Like different in different sections. You sure they can? One of them's got like a triangle in the middle of his head. And then I'm seeing that strange light. You know, like I said to you about the dream. Where I see the, the UFO coming up. It's like that, but I'm not seeing the UFO. I'm seeing this bright light coming from in the middle of these four clay cats, like these four clay cats are forming some sort of energy. They're like really big statue things. Hmm. If anybody in the chat feels anything, tell us. 
he's experienced anything. It feels really hot. I feel like I'm burning I want, up. I want everybody in the chat right now to shut their eyes and tell me what they see when they shut their yeah. eyes. Just shut your eyes and focus, me. guys. Focus to your third your third eye. Focus into the middle of your head and see what, what images and visions you're getting. Focus. Concentrate on the white light. You'll see a white light. And then concentrate on what that brings through to you. The buried city. It could have status. That's very good, Drew. Remember to breathe as you're doing it. Breathe in and out. That really does help. Just the first thing that comes to your mind. I'm seeing these clay cats. They're in like a square. They're under the water. I can see something to the back of them, but I can't make out what it is. It's like some sort of building. It's under the water. And there's this light that's forming from each of these packs, and they've got like symbols in the middle of their head. There's somebody says something. The desert with the tall cliffs. What else do you see? Well, you're seeing deserts with tall cliffs. Now, this really does. Because I'm seeing cats, clay cats. Yeah, now, could yeah. this be to do with Egypt? Egypt? Maybe. Keep, come on. Because the cats were like looked at as gods Looked at as gods, weren't they? Uh, mm -hmm. And she's seeing cliffs and a desert. Focus, focus on a single point. Look to that point, and what do you see? Dakota, do you see anything? There's Drew's paranormal vlog. The idols, cats. They got worshipped by the Egyptians, that's right. But why are they under the water? Why are they indeed? I, 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 I get a feeling that there is more to like there there are there are places that are hid in the water that are not not known. What did, and they're, what did they're they the alien species. What did, what did I say to you, Sherry? What did I say to you, Sherry, the night before we started the live? In 2026, That's... something will be discovered in the Pacific. Yeah, but I'm seeing these things under the water and they, they're, they're relevant to them, to the ETs and that. There's this light that's coming from all four of these cats, not from the head bit. Dakota. I can see something to the back, but I really can't make out what it is. I know it's some sort of building. If you can speak, if you can't speak, nod your head up and down. Yeah, it's a way somewhere. A hidden world. What? what? What do you mean, hidden world?
I'm saying you put it there. Okay. Drew says Atlantis. It's not Atlantis. I've looked into Atlantis. It's like Atlantis, but it's not. This is my guy who is saying that they put it there. That they're relevant to this. And I know that they say that alien energies were supposed to have worked with the It's the still Egyptians. there, it's still operational. Um Dakota knows what I'm talking about. I see this they something. purple light. Does anybody in the chat shut your eyes, whoever's left in the chat, and tell us what you see? Focus, imagine yourselves in the sea. Whereabouts in the sea are you? What, me? No, I'm talking to the people in the chat. Oh, okay. I've seen something, but I'll tell you what it is after. It's weird. Untouched. It's, it's untouched and it's really deep. Mm -hmm. And it's hid. People wouldn't be able to see it with the eye. It needs to be revealed, and only they can reveal it. I can. I heard the word, maybe Dakota can help me here. The Devil's Triangle. It's in that coordinates. No, this, all, this is all really weird. No, no, I was no, watching this... the program the other day saying something, the Wooded Triangle, and that was uh, really weird. That has UFO um, UFO um, encounters as well. It's, I was watching it with Rudy. It's I the Pacific. I think they're all linked, Chris. It's, no, it's the Pacific. It's, um, it's no, New Japan. No, this place that I'm talking about, what I see on TV with Rudy, it was called something triangle. It's a bit I, like the Bermuda it's triangle. It's like the Bermuda triangle. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, yeah. the, the Devil's Triangle. I think there's I think a few. There's a few, yeah, there's quite a few, but I'm talking about the one that runs from Mount Fuji across the Pacific for Japan and across the Mariana Trench. Mm -hmm. Was that Christina Day? I see some can pictures that have been broken in shapes of cats lying on the sand. Drew's paranormal vlog. A place of the giants I just heard. Place of the giants. That is so weird. She says that now because I'm getting a really weird feeling. Oh, I heard me right now. Place it's of the giants. Like spiders um, me. I think that Christine might be saying when the um, when the, when these places are revealed. The I giants, the like Drew said, the places of the giant. I just heard. I, um, I keep seeing, they keep showing me Australia and the Pacific and China and Japan and it's drawing a triangle and it's putting it right in the middle. It's near America. I'm Something's... saying like around the areas of, um, fairly around the areas of Texas, between Texas and America sort of. And then every now and again I keep seeing the clips of our water in the, in the UK as well. Hearing like a... Hmm. Whales. Like a... No, not a whale. It's like a siren. Not a siren as in a mermaid. Like a... Like a cool thing. It's like a... Hmm. 
You mean like you mean like the Vikings would do with the blue like a horn? Yeah, like with the horn thing, but not like not not quite the same as the Viking horn, but similar, very similar. Was that Drew's paranormal vlog? See how you try and look at the sun and you get blinded. I see as if I'm blending sun, but a dark floating cloud like a storm is close. I just got a wolf call. I've just call. got a wolf call. Okay, that might, mm, that's interesting. See, we could be going back here. We could be going back to the Vikings era here. Because they believed in the wolves and they used the horns. Yeah. And I, I'm very connected to wolves. I've got wolves as my one of my guides and stuff. And um, it, I've had a few weird dreams recently. Like, showing ETs, a couple of them have shown wolves. Some that have shown people doing weird things, like they're disappearing up in the air. See, the Vikings explored this entire planet. They've been everywhere. But it said that ETs work closely with the Egyptians and stuff like that. There is very, it's very I'm possible here, I'm just that they, the they work with the Vikings and stuff as well. Or they left something for the Vikings. Sorry, guys, it's draining me doing that. I need to have a drink. It's fine. I was wanting to ask Dakota if what he was feeling. He's saying something. <laughs> the chant. I'm seeing like a big, when I look at Dakota, I'm seeing like a big structure, like he's inside a big structure. Drew's paranormal vlog. I saw a wide ocean of calm water, but really sunny with a looming cloud. The cloud is important, maybe dark because of a storm or because of something is behind it. Could be a cloud that's hiding things. All I do know is I feel really, really weird. I feel really, really weird. And I don't know why, but I keep feeling to like like I want to wanna go outside. Not yet. I'm thinking we need to end this soon. I don't think we should stay on much longer. Something's definitely going on. But if you do have any weird experiences or anything, when we do cut the stream off in a little bit, guys, um, it'd be really interesting to get you to write 
even on the uh, Bold and Bonkers um, LLC um, page on Facebook or something, like any of your experiences that you're getting, even write the ones you've had in here, because we might be able to find some sort of message or try understand a little bit, bit more what's going on. There's a static in the air, like a charge, Drew's Paranormal Vlog. Christine Day. The jars, the jars I'm seeing are seen. like the ones that the Egyptians used for the animals, but it doesn't feel like Egyptian. It feels like Nevada. But this could be very, very um, possible, Christine, because obviously with the ETs, they've been around for many, many centuries, okay? And they could have very much picked up ideas from these places and form their own things so what you may be looking at and thinking it's egyptian or it's nevada it could actually be linked to them it's been, it's just weird that this whole night's been really weird from the from yes. the go from the go it is. i think we should call it a night yeah i don't think we should stay on much more but please please guys like anybody gets anything any dreams anything like that and you remember it write it to the bold and bonkers llc because it may have yes. vital information in it yes and meditate and look after yourselves i'm just going to play the credits and i'll see you all tomorrow guys we have a man an expert coming on for move on so that should be really interesting yeah uh, check out the the video below Thank you for everybody that's came. Oh, gone again. Yeah, I know. I'm nearly away, I know. Um, catch you all later, guys. Love and light, Bye -bye. guys. We would like to remind everybody that certain topics of discussion may not be comfortable for all listeners. Certain viewpoints may not reflect those of our partners, sponsors, affiliates, our hosts, or that of our guests. We would like to encourage everybody to keep a respectful and open climate of discussion for all topics, no matter how disturbing they may be. So viewer discretion is advised.
of some of the greatest discoveries mankind has ever experienced. And that is why we bring you the Bald and Bonkers Show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Sunday night. I hope that those of you who attended last night's show weren't too freaked out because it sounds like this is going to be another freaky one. Yes, we welcome indeed. today James Brody from Boofog. James, thank you for coming on. And why don't you introduce everybody? Introduce yourself to everybody. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on the on the show. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, I am a Bufog uh, investigator, so that's the Birmingham UFO group, but I've been actively involved uh, in both UFO and paranormal investigation for the last 25 years, uh, been a member of, of various groups, uh, experienced a range of different uh, things. I'm also researching uh, for a book as well at the minute, but uh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, you'll, well, once you've finished your book, you'll need to, need to give us uh, the links to that and we'll share that out for you, you know. Oh, well, thank you. Very much appreciated. Ah, no problem. Oh, yeah. So, so James, we were talking before we come on. Can you can you tell us a wee bit about your first ever... Let's just jump straight into it for our guests in the, sure. in the chat and everything. Let's just jump straight in it because we've got about an hour. Yeah. How did you get into this? How did this UFO phenomenon actually start for you? Yeah, so so for me, it started when um, I was eighteen, and I had a, a my, my first sort of uh, UFO experience. Um, literally, um, I live in Birmingham, um, so if you're outside of the UK, it's, it's the UK's second largest city. Um, I was walking the dog. It was uh, November. It was a clear night. Um, I was walking the dog around the block, looked up in the sky, and I saw what appeared to be um, a comet, but it was arching across the sky, and it appeared to go behind something and for a split second I saw a glimpse of a, a sort of a shape that it, that it illuminated. Um, I went home and uh, looked out of the window, I opened up the window so I was looking into the back of the garden and I saw um, an object sort of moving across the sky and got closer and closer until it appeared to be hovering over uh, one of the trees in the garden and uh, I saw it um, and I saw, like, casually asked, us, I, I said uh, you know, to, to, to the sky, I can't tell what yeah. you are you need to show me something more. And what it did was it rotated uh, so I could see all the way around it. And then it went over the house. I was very lucky that my sister came in at the, at the last minute uh, and, and saw that something had gone over the, uh, had gone over the house. And I was kind of quite amazed um, by that. So that was the, the very first experience. But then what really got me interested in this was 12 years later, I get a completely random uh, knock at the door and there is a um, man and woman dressed in black. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the man was sort of like uh, late late sort of fifties, slightly dishevelled. The lady was six foot six foot tall, blonde hair, uh, sort of pulled back, blue eyes, quite gaunt looking, and said, uh, "Would like to ask you some questions about your experience." And uh, and then had a, a very sort of bizarre question uh, sort of question answer session for for about. Um, an hour and they were also interested to find out uh, whether I'd had any paranormal experience and so for, yeah. for me that gave me that initial link that maybe both the UFO and paranormal experience were part of the same you know were part of that same sort of experience. Can I, can I ask you the, the first UFO you seen what did it actually look like? Is Was it like a disc or was it was it like a cigar yeah. shape? Or? 
Yeah, sure. So, so what, what this was is this was shape of a rugby ball or American football, right. and uh, mm. and it was a case of it was uh, it was silver with an orange glow. Now, part of that orange glow might have come off from the sulfurous lights, so that mm. might have been that. But it was it was certainly metallic. It didn't have any discerning sort of markings on it. There weren't any uh, portals or or anything like that on it, and uh, it was completely silent. And it's one of those classic things where you see it and you make a note at the time. Uh, yes. The only sort of in interaction I had was that I got quite a lot of static electricity. And so all this sort of um, hairs on my arms and, 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 was all, and obviously when I had hair, that was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're the same, you're the same. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm in good company. So and uh, yeah. it's a case of there was there was some sort of, sort of static there during, during the, the experience. And... Yeah. Um, you know, and that was the only sort of like physical sort of uh, manifestation of of, uh, of that. But that was that was the first thing that yeah. uh, that I could you know I have a clear memory of of, of seeing. And seeing all your years of investigating UFOs and stuff, have you ever seen anything that was exactly the same as that? As if it was maybe the same species or whatever it was that so, was visiting you? Yeah. So it, it, it turned out. Um, let, let's have a look. So. It would have been in my early twenties uh, when UFO conferences were still quite small. There were mm -hmm. there was one on the outskirts of Birmingham, and they brought in a report. Uh, they brought in ufologists from Brazil, and he was showing uh, pictures from some of the counters that some of the people had had there. And at a distance, it looked like it was very similar to what I had seen. But it's a case of I couldn't necessarily see say that with one hundred percent certainty. But there were certainly similarities then that made me think that maybe there is something there. I mean, one of the things that got me, of course, was that, you know, I saw this at sort of like eight o'clock in the evening in Birmingham, a large metropolitan city. Yeah. I was expecting the next day to see it all in the newspapers and everything. And I remember going out and buying all the local papers and it was absolutely nothing. I remember at the time being gobsmacked that. Now, had I really seen that, or was that you know something unique to myself? And the only thing I've got in my favour is that you know my sister also uh, saw it. You know when she when she was uh, coming through the house, so there was somebody else at least that could verify that I'd I'd seen something. Yeah, very interesting. To quoi? I got to admit that's certainly lucky that you at least had a secondary witness. There's been a couple of times where all of a sudden I've had. What could be, you know, groundbreaking experience. Holy crap, this is something big. Yeah. But just recently, I had what looked like a black diamond all of a sudden manifest and fly oh, above wow. me. I didn't even realize what it that it may be something until it happened yeah. to hit the light of the moon. Oh, sorry. I started scrambling to get my phone because it was close enough. I could start making out details oh, of wow. the craft. Yeah. All of a sudden, the second I get my camera out, it's gone. I was like, yeah. what the thing was, <laughs> about a couple weeks earlier, I was told by some of my law enforcement contacts that there may have been a UFO crash in my area. Oh, wow. There was lights recorded in the sky, uh, said yeah. that it was small aircraft, was flying kind of erratically, came down, nothing. I would have gotten out to check on it, but unfortunately my car in the shop was in the shop. And by the time I got it back, all of a sudden that area caught fire. Yeah, wow, that's convenient, yeah. isn't it? Oh yeah. There's actually, there's actually just got to break off for a minute. There's a couple of people asking in the chat about you there, Dakota. I think it's because the last night it went into one of his weird trances. So it's absolutely yeah. fine, guys. Don't worry about him. Yeah. But he see that's that's the weird thing you're talking about. That it was the shape of a football. I can remember the one that I seen was like half a football. It was like flat on one side. 
Mm. And it was just floating along so slow. But the conversation we had tonight was actually really interesting because when I when I turn a video and when I turn a photo, it, it didn't show up. But when mm. you change the contrast, you mm. could see the outline of it, which yeah. is fascinating. Can you, can you explain that a little bit for us? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a case of um, everything that we see, everything that we hear has a frequency associated with it. So whether it be light, whether it be radio waves, uh, there is a rate or of cycles a second. So, for example, uh, things like ultra wave, uh, sorry, ultrasound, audio, radio, all those sort of things that typically has a cycle rate of between naught to a to a thousand that includes uh, brain waves uh yeah. you have things like um shortwave radio that's got a, a frequency between thousands and uh, 100,000 hertz mm-hmm. a second this goes right up things to like ultraviolet x-ray and gamma rays and, and one of the things i always tell people is, is the, the age-old question is well why don't you why aren't you able to take a clear picture of something and that's because as i, as I tell people that within our sort of universe we have a set of frequencies that uh, uh, all sort of phenomena operate at. But what happens if something is coming not from our universe or from uh, maybe another dimension? And in that dimension, it stands to reason that um, those sort of uh, phenomena will actually have different frequencies. And so you've got to bear in mind that a camera is recording at a particular Mm -hmm. frequency, you know, and also, you know, the frequency of light. What happens if that frequency is you know a few thousand hertz uh, different then you might not be picked up and yeah. so and you take that and you take that even, even further and you see that uh imagine that uh basically at, at any time you're in a room and you're looking around and in that room there could be uh multiple uh versions of yourself multi- multiple access to, to universes but you can only see what you can see because of the frequency of the light around uh, around you and so we kind of limited from going from one possibility to another possibility due to uh, various sort of frequencies that that mean you know that you have only got access to some of the information. So mm-hmm. it might be that uh, people are able to see well, for example, cats and dogs see lights at different frequencies. They see ultraviolet lights, you know, things like that, and so and uh, infrared lights. And it's a case of maybe they are able to see things that we can't see. So, for example, you know, if, yeah. if the, the classic story of, of there being, you know, something paranormal inside a cat in a house, often the cat or dog will react to it before we can see it because they are able to interpret information at a different frequency to that to that our eyes. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's quite weird with animals because I've noticed we certain tones that humans can hear them, but animals will. Because yeah. I've got a border collie, I've got a border collie there, and I can't remember what app it was. It was like. It was this app that puts out certain tones, but to the human ear, you hear nothing. But the dog yeah. is like looking, looking for the actually looking for where it's coming from, which is phenomenal. Dakota, yeah. would you like to say something? Well, that's not really too much out of the question, Chris. She's just probably done because just dogs have some much more sensitive hearing than us, but. Well, I just had a question, but I just lost it. Well, oh. you did, before the break, you did mention that you were trying to study a lot of frequencies, especially when yeah. it came to Nikola Tesla. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, uh, so Tesla essentially was the sort of uh, 
king of uh, of frequency. He he sort of believed that um, frequency could be used uh, as, as a source of uh, a source of energy. Uh, he famously experimented uh, in, in American neighborhoods uh, where he would he actually caused uh, a resonation of the of the surrounding buildings actually caused the mini uh, earthquake in his area due to the the frequencies that he was experimenting uh, with and uh, and it's a case of that sort of work is what I've been trying to to look at and, and, and so for for example if you have uh, two tuning forks uh, on a on two separate pieces of wood and you hit one tuning fork then the other tuning fork will actually ring as well because what they've done is they've reached resonance and so something uh, that you hit once will trigger uh, something else and then you basically get a sort of transfer of information which is what causes those uh, two tuning forks to to ring and I very much believe um, that the human mind or consciousness essentially is ringing that first tuning fork and then it's looking for something else to resonate and we get a transference of uh, of information and that's basically is how we get our sort of UFO experience how we get our our paranormal experience because they're they're this sort of strange set of, of frequencies that the conscious mind is trying to resonate with. Hmm. That's fascinating, isn't it? It's like it's weird because when I've been with people and I've I've seen UFOs and I've pointed them out to people and they're like, "What UFOs?" And I'll be like, "They're right yeah. there," and they'll be like, yeah. "They'll just look at me as if I'm stupid." Yeah. Is, why why is that why do some people see them yes. but some people can't see them that, that, that's, that's a question. yeah that's a great question so i i think there is a, a certain amount of uh, attunement so it's a case of um what you tend to find is is that if you have a uh, sort of positive uh mindset um and you have a, a general sort of belief then what it means is that you are more open to experience to experience things so it's almost like you are uh, imagine it's, it's basically like uh, bluetooth and what you've basically done mm. is you've basically tra trained your conscious mind to scan for a bluetooth device to to connect to it but you've got to have that initial attunement now that sometimes can happen completely natural because you know as we as we know children are more able uh, typically to pick up different experiences uh, you know often you know will have different sort of paranormal experience tends to be very prevalent in children that's because they are open and they haven't been sort of closed down and so often what i say is is that uh, you know someone that is sensitive will have had uh, a strong enough experience as a as a child uh, so that they remain open and that's off switch isn't uh, isn't turned isn't turned off uh, what also yeah. might happen is that uh, sometimes uh, something happens or you see something and instead of the conscious mind actually hitting that first tuning fork, it's actually something else that's hit, that's hit the tuning fork and then that causes your conscious mind to resonate with it. So there might actually be yeah. something that essentially turns you on and then once that mm -hmm. switch is on, I believe that once you've had that experience, then no matter how you try and close it down, you will always then be open to that. It's just yeah. how you then attune your mind to deal with that. Some people I know that have had experiences and have completely shut it out and they still yeah. see something, but as far as they're concerned, it's shut down. Whereas mm. it's a case if you've got an open mind and that's and that's suddenly happened, then you'll find that over time, actually, 
you train yourself and actually you can open up your mind to do many, many more different things. I mean, a great example is my wife, who is um, a lot more skeptical than me. But what she does, she keeps me in check. So basically, if I get excited about something, she'll go, are you sure about that, James? Right. OK. And, and it's a great sort of like having someone that's maybe a bit more, a bit more skeptical to be able to say, yeah. are, you, are you sure about that? And have that sort of check. And I think that's really, really important to have that sense check. But the other really important thing is, is that everybody's experience is deeply personal. And it's a case of it should be treated with respect. It's a case of, as you, as you rightfully said, two people can be in the same room. They could see something completely different each or one person might see something, one person might not. And that is down to their own personal attunement. It's down to basically what experience they've had up to that, uh, up to that point, And that mm-hmm. will then sort of uh, help them to interpret what they're seeing. Because, again, that interpretation is key to the individual as well. Yeah. Hmm. That's the um, so to kind of stick in the area of frequencies, I've, I've done a lot of investigative cases myself, and mostly it's to try to back up the fact that, yes, I've dealt with something and trying to figure out what the hell's going on, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden people would start get visions of something. One example is we actually had here on the show was that all of a sudden I started hearing these tones coming out of nowhere. We... Mm-hmm. We did all the checks we could think of. Everybody started yeah. checking their phones. We killed everybody's mics to figure out which side it was coming from. Then all of a sudden, I see this vision in my mind's eye of a crescent-shaped craft, mm-hmm. like a crescent moon. And all of a sudden, I'm starting to write down what looks similar to Sumerian hieroglyphs. Okay. Just as kind of an example. How would something like that work? Okay, then. So uh, what we need to do is is kind of, it, it sounds like we're taking a sideward step, but it, it hopefully it'll explain it. So um, a lot of the work that I've been looking into is around uh, consciousness and what constitutes to uh, consciousness. Now, when I talk about consciousness, I talk about consciousness def- as definition as the transference of information from one source to, a, to another okay now that also quite nicely fits um the sort of definition of um of things like string theory which believes that when you get to a subatomic level what you're left with is strings of of energy and that energy is basically used to uh create um you know it can it can transform but essentially it is all these it, it is still a sort of transference from something to something now what could be happening here is that uh, you are being um, targeted with a particular frequency, and that frequency, for that frequency, what that's doing is that is actually triggering the act of communication. Now, what that actual communication is depends on the on the source and uh, you know and the destination. And it's a case of dependence on what you hear. It could trigger different things in your mind, and. Um, and so it, it's it's but it's a deeply sort of personal um, sort of experience. So for for example, let me let me just give you a, a very quick a very quick story. So uh, there was a guy called uh, Vic Tandy, and he was a a scientist, and he thought that um, his lab was haunted. Uh, he had noticed that things were sort of moving around. Uh, yeah. and this went on for a, for a couple of, for a couple of weeks, and he, he began to get really freaked out at it. Now it turned out he was a, a keen fencer, and one day. He looked at his uh, his fence, his his sword basically that was that was by his desk, 
and he noticed that it was vibrating. And he went, oh, that looks like a sound wave. And he did some investigation and it turned out that two months previously, a new extraction fan had been fitted in the uh, in, in his office, but, but what sorry, in, in his lab. But what was happening was it was resonating at a particular frequency, and that frequency was called 18.97, was and it's, it's, it's known as the ghost frequency. Now, why that is important is, is because that is also close to the frequency that your eyes actually resonate as well. And so part of the question around that experience was, was he actually genuinely experiencing something that was paranormal? Or was it a case of that his eyes were being interfered with, which made him think that he was he was seeing something? But that was an example of a very specific frequency that can be uh, used that will elicit a particular response. And that's something that I've actually used my myself before, 18.97. And it's um, quite a low sort of rumbling um, sort of frequency. Now, I've listened it, to it for about half an hour. And in that time, I've thought that I've seen something. I've, I, and when I say I've seen something, as in there's been something in the in the room. Now, again, the question you'd have to ask is, is it a case of that is something that you have genuinely experienced? Or is it a case if you've actually got something that is... Uh, that, that is basically causing interference with your with your eyes. And then when you look at brain waves, the human brain operates between four hertz and uh, I think it's 35 hertz. And there are very specific emotions that actually have very specific um, frequencies. So for example, 47 hertz yeah. is uh, the theta wave. And that's something that basically is associated with dreams, deep meditation, uh, REM sleep. You then have things like 7 to 12 hertz, which is about uh, being relaxed, your eyes closed, pre and post sleep, reaching up to that sort of 15 to 24 hertz, which is where you've got active consciousness and sleeplessness. And so mm -hmm. this is actually this is all science fact, by the way. This is this is this isn't something, I'm, I'm, um, you know, this isn't conjecture. This is actually research, research that shows that uh, the human mind is uh, operating at uh, different uh, different frequencies. You also then have something called the uh, the Schumann resonance, which basically states that and this was discovered in the in the in the 50s uh, by a German physicist. And what he said was was that at any one time around the world, there are thousands of storms going on and it builds up an electrical mm -hmm. charge. And that charge operates. Um, I, I think I'm just trying, trying to think off, off the top of my head. I think it's around it's around six or seven hertz. And in certain and in certain instances, it can actually uh, interfere with the biometrics of, of living creatures, including ourselves. And so, what this is showing is that different frequencies can affect us at, at particular levels. They can influence uh, influence us at uh, ways that we are only now becoming aware of. That you know, that is being uh, researched uh, into. But again, we haven't looked at then the larger frequencies when you're talking about different lights and. Mm. Uh, different sort of waves and how the conscious mind can interact with that. And that might be the sort of gateway to allowing us to explain how we are um, sort of um, you know, how we are experiencing these, these different things, how we interpret it, because it's that it's the transfer of information from yes. source to destination. That's fascinating. And I think Dakota was looking at me there and I was looking at him because I'm going to have to ask you this. You were talking about your, your eyes. Yes. Have a, a freaking so can you explain yes. that more about your eyes? Well, well it, it's it's more of a case of um the eyes that are receiving light, they they are basically offering operate operating at a at a particular frequency. And so it's a case of it's mm -hmm. the frequency that the light source that you that you are getting in, 
and it's a case of uh, that can be influenced. So, so you've got to remember that, you, that your entire body is uh, a, a giant antennae. You have, you know, you are designed to pick up the five different senses, you know, and that's how you collect yeah. your information. Your brain then is the is the computer that is is uh, you know building up the picture, but it's actually your conscious mind that is so, dealing with it. So, just run me with this. It's just popped in at my head. I don't know why. If you could make up a frequency for your eyes, could you make you see something that's not there? Well, potentially, yes. Now then, uh, this this is actually again just going back to consciousness for a second. This, uh, believe me, this this is this is relevant. There's something called biocentrism, and what biocentrism is is it says that uh, instead of using sort of physics and chemistry as the lead for for explaining mm -hmm. how the world operates around us. It actually basically uh, says that it's actually biology that should be the center of the sciences that teaches us how we explain things. Now, what he says with regards to consciousness is, is that there are two there's two elements to consciousness. The first is the self. So that's I control my fingers. I can move mm -hmm. things around. Now, the second bit is a little bit freaky, too. Uh, so, so bear with me. So what this basically yeah. says, everything that we see around us is actually something that is being created by our minds. We can't actually see through the bones of our cranium. Everything we're encountering around us is a construct of the mind. Even the light we see moving around us is actually something that the mind has created. If you look outside of the sky, it's blue. However, mm -hmm. that's your mind telling you the sky is blue. It could actually be purple. Okay, it's about how how you basically uh, do it, and it's a case of uh, seeing particular things will uh, potentially trigger particular urges. So I know, for example, in animals, you know that you know things like bees have a particular color of light, which will mean that you will want to then go and and visit that that plant and uh, and pollinate it. But what it's basically saying is that behind biocentrism is saying that the the sort of underlying principle is that reality doesn't actually exist without the conscious mind. Now, this is only something I've recently come to, and it kind of baits your noodle when you think about this. Because you go, well, well, well hang on, wait, wait a minute. So how, how does this actually practically work? So how is it that your interpretation, how is that affected by, by those around you? And it's basically a really sort of different way of, of sort of viewing the, the world. So taking away from that sort of physics-based uh, approach, it's about basically saying that actually it's the human mind at some level that is creating our version of, of reality. And so it's a case of then saying, well, what is it that is actually interacting with us that then triggers these, these versions of reality? Now, it's only something that I've recently started to investigate. So I mm. can't talk with any confidence about anything more than that, those sort of original abstract thoughts, but it's just a very different way of thinking. So it's about saying, right, then, well, is, it, is, it, uh, is our reality controlled by, by physics? You know, going to string theory um you know and going back to that same thing about everything being made out of uh, out of energy out of energy or is it actually the conscious mind actually is what is creating our, our reality and um and reality is is unique to ourselves so then the question is well is it a case of i'm in your reality or are you in my reality so again there's all those sort of uh, questions to uh That's... To, try, to, to try and ask I think Dakota's got a question for you here. I can tell. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm processing this, Chris. I'm processing this too, Chris. Don't try to pin your closeness yeah. off on me. I don't know. I mean, no, no. no, so, no here's, the, here's the thing, right? So if you were living in my reality, 
you would be living out my view in reality. Mm-hmm. So the, the, then it can you could bring up you could bring up the fact that we are actually living in a simulation. Then, well, this is this is it. This is brought in very nicely to the point. Now, what I'd say around biocentrism for for your viewers, someone you want to check out is a guy called Robert Lanza. Now, he is literally. Right one of the most respected um, sort of scientists in the modern world. In fact, many people describe him as, as the modern, you know, the modern day Einstein. Okay. Right. He, he is a specialist and it's something that he talks. There's, there's a fantastic lecture for uh, an hour. If you look on YouTube, Robert Lanz, you'll see it split into two parts. Mm-hmm. It explains things far better than I'm able to do at, at, at this stage, but it's just, it's what I'm trying to do is I, I think that when we try and explain the, uh, what we see we're very good at saying, right, this is what we've seen. Okay, this is what we've experienced. But what is the driving factor behind it? And it's a case of trying to trying to get to that back. There, there are questions there that we can't possibly hope to answer at this stage. They're, they're great philosophical sort of uh, yeah. questions, but I think it's really important that we ask them. Now, I've, I've spoken to multiple people, um, you know, again, people within certain circles, should we say, and I, I am told that consciousness is the driving factor behind all of this. And that that is, and we need to understand that. And what I say about consciousness is, again, I go back to consciousness being the, that sort of that transference of, of uh, information. And, you know, there, is, there has been sort of modern, um, modern mathematician called, uh, I think it's Gioli, uh, Tononi, apologies if I've pronounced it incorrectly. And what he's done is he's created uh, a mathematical uh, model of consciousness where the human brain, as far as we know it, mm-hmm. basically is the most, it's got the highest phi scale as, as we currently understand it, because we haven't met anything with that's got that greater sort of uh, ability yeah. than ourselves. And then you go down, you know, and you get go through to insects and, and worms, and they're far, far down lower on the scale. However, what he also says is that when you get down to a subatomic level, that uh, everything still has a consciousness. It's lower than one, but most importantly, it's higher than zero. And I found this a really, really, it's a bit of a sort of uh, uh, warren hole to be to be going down. It's a case of what this, so what does this mean? Well, this could mean one of two things. It could mean that, uh, yes, certainly the simulation argument is, is becoming more and more prevalent, or it might be saying, actually, is there a joint uh, sort of universal consciousness at some level and and so that that great thought about we all at some level being interconnected and so we literally move from one sort of version of ourselves to to some other version of ourselves whatever that that form may be now some people could also use that argument well does that mean that there is a some force of creator or something like that now that's yeah. something that my personal belief system is i don't believe that that is correct however you know that that doesn't mean I'm right. It's a hypothesis that 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 yeah. is put out there, and that's what we're trying to understand. So again, so how does this come <laughs> back to, to to all the sort of experience? And, and so part of the theory that I I, I say is again as this earlier is, is the fact that the the conscious mind is is ringing that first tuning fork, and what happens is is then you are looking for something to resonate with. When you resonate with it, then you have that transference of information. And that's then uh, that's then triggers whether it be a, a UFO experience or whether it be a paranormal mm-hmm. experience. It's the resonance that you've got, and as you train your mind, you are able to experience more and more different things. Now, I know some people that, that are able uh, to astral project. I mean, that's something I've I've been yeah. trying to do for for some time, and I've I've kind of hit a 
bit of a brick wall um, yeah. with, with that personally, you know, and trying to understand what, what does that actually mean? Because a lot of the experience we have is uh, it, it is really subjective. You know, it, it's a case of it's dependent on your own beliefs. It's, per, it, it, it's relevant to your own personal experiences. Uh, and it's trying to find out, you know, is, is, there, a, is there a sort of, um, is there something that's definitely linking the two? Uh, you know, my, pers- my personal hypothesis is, Yes, and it is consciousness that links the two because it's transference of information. But as a case of what it's also doing is it's it's taking into account that we live in a multi-dimensional world, and that a lot of the experience that we see is uh, specifically fourth-dimensional because in the fourth dimension, uh, coordinates aren't actually part of that universe. Everything is instantaneous. Movement from um, you know a, a fixed point doesn't exist in the fourth in the fourth dimension. It's all instantaneous. So that's why. Through a lot of abduction experience, you say that oh, somebody's taken through a, uh, you know, through a solid object, mm-hmm. because again, the fourth dimension, you aren't limited to to those sort of experiences. And again, if we were to view ourselves in um, in fourth dimension, what we would do is we would see our own sort of life's uh, our own sort of uh, lifespan from, uh, you know, from being born to death, all simultaneously existing in one point, and it's then saying. How do we interact with that? Are we seeing a, a snippet of something in that fourth dimension? And again, yeah. that, I kind of appreciate going, going through a lot of processes. So the last analogy I'll give you is the TV screen, which is something we talked about earlier. So yes. when you're looking at the TV screen, it's a case if you know that it's a three-dimensional object that you're looking at, but you're only able to see it through the TV, which is a 2D um, sort of an environment. And so what I'm suggesting is that what we are seeing is a... 3d version of a fourth dimensional object so we can only see it within our own mm-hmm. sort of constraints mm-hmm. and it's a case of that experience then projects itself into different into different ways dependent on you know how your brain how your consciousness has been attuned that i'm going to hand you over to dakota because I, <laughs> I, I, I have got a question for you but i'll let dakota go first yeah yeah sure so Here's a question for you. One theory I've seen that gets tossed around why certain people may have more experiences may not necessarily be a conscious tuning, but it may actually be a biological where certain blood groups say, oh, negative seems to be more prevalent. Do you believe that actually may be the case? Um, So potentially it it could be. So as we know, in the sort of 50s and, and early 60s, both the Soviet Union and uh, the USA spent a lot of money working uh, with psychics, and and it was a there was a belief that there was an unofficial sort of psychic war that happened in, in the late fifties and sixties. Now a lot of that, again, will depend on your on your point of view whether you believe that's hokum or, or not. But there has been yeah. a lot of work that's been done in trying to work out what it is that triggers people's experiences, because of course the problem is as soon as you work out. What the trigger is, you can weaponize it, and that's that's always the danger of of that of that sort of uh, thing. You know, it's it's a case of I believe that evolutionary. Uh, it's almost sort of going down the X Men sort of point of view. That what we're doing is we're going through our sort of next stage of of evolution, and everyone expects. So, what does that mean? We're going to have longer thumbs because we we use sort of mobile phones and, and stuff like that. Now, what I actually think it is the next sort of um, evolution is actually to do with our reception to uh, to consciousness how we actually deal with it and uh, i think that there's a lot there's a lot to be said that there will be certain groups that are 
part of that evolution. We don't know what this sort of final point of that evolution is at the minute. What we're trying to do is, I, I believe that, you know, as you say, there's the missing link in, in the tr traditional evolution where we're trying to say, right, so to get from here to here, there had to be, there had to be something there. And I believe that we're going to be doing that with uh, how we are able to, to use our conscious mind to uh, mm -hmm. interact with the environment mm -hmm. around us. And, I, and like I said, I think what we'll find over time is there'll be the same sort of mutations or the same sort of prevalence, which will then trigger uh, us to go down a particular route. Well, it, it, it's quite weird. It's quite weird that you say this. And this is my question. It's kind of in the same lines as Dakota. But what I've noticed is, I don't know if you've noticed this, but you see people with like learning difficulties. Like I'm dyslexic. Mm -hmm. And I have, I'm quite sensitive to spirits and I'm also sensitive mm -hmm. to the other ones. Yeah. And I've noticed that a lot of people I know, there's people in the chat there that have the same problem as me, dyslexic, yeah. and they have the same abilities. And yes. I've noticed this, in, especially in the ghost hunting world, a lot of the people that do like paranormal research mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. paranormal ghost work or UFO stuff have yeah. either got dyslexia or they've got some typey weird side of something that's yes. wrong with them. And it's yeah. all. Is there something? Is there something at work there? Yes, there is absolutely. So I'm telling you, personal side story is that so I've got a younger brother who is is severely disabled, and right. uh, it, it, unfortunately it, it is uh, life limiting as as well. Right. Now the sort of condition he's got is MPS two, and what that what that means is is that. Uh, the human mind, it doesn't sort of connect all these sort of, um, it, it doesn't filter all the information out. So literally, he's getting all the information through his mind all in all in one go. There is no filtering. And so it means that he's fairly mm. limited in, uh, you know, he, he can't uh, he, he can't talk. Uh, it's a case of, you know, it's, it's a degenerative disorder. But there are certain instances where, he will pick up on things very quickly in a in a room. There, there almost there's almost sort of uh, mm -hmm. things like there's moments of, of recognition. It's like when you walk into the into the room, he will sort of he he will sort of smile at you and he, he will try and communicate with you. There is there is something that I mean through the through the time that I've worked with, uh, you know, worked through multiple groups. One of the most common sort of denominators is that there will be people with uh, some sort of mental health issue and, that, and that's actually casting no um you know no uh, dispersions at, at all whatsoever but what it's saying is is that they their brains are um sort of wired slightly different to us and so the key point saying is is that when you experience something it's all to do with the experience of the observer and it's a case of someone that is wired slightly differently will interpret things Differently, and I think that that sometimes gives them a sort of unique uh, insight on such a thing. I mean, obviously, there are certain instances where things like schizophrenia, for example, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that can cause a challenge with getting accurate sort of uh, yeah. readings from people. But it's not necessarily it shouldn't be discounted. But it's quite interesting that uh, what what you know uh, what what spectrum of schizophrenia is it that okay, this is now medically at the point where it's, it's a case of uh, you know. It, there is a there is a problem there compared to mm -hmm. is there somebody that is actually naturally open to different things? I mean, a, a, gr a great example is um, is that every now and again, I'm sure this happens to everyone, you'll swear blind that somebody has called your voice, has called your name. You'll it, it, yes. it, at some point, at some point, you'll just go, you'll you'll hear somebody like you, and you go, 
what was what was what was that? Mm-hmm. And it's a case of trying to interpret what it is now. Uh, Terry Waite, I don't know if people will be aware of who, of who he is, but he was a hostage negotiator. He was very, very famous for uh, bringing out a number of, uh, of hostages. And at one, at one point, he himself became a hostage. Now, what happened with him, he was talking about the fact that uh, basically spent a large amount of time with uh, a sack over his head. And so he was actually uh, deprived of a lot of his uh, a lot of his senses. And what he said is, is that it started the, the, the time he realized he had a challenge was that when he started to hear music in his head, uh, music got louder and louder. And what it was to do with was the fact that the human mind was actually starved of uh, of senses. So what it was doing was it was creating its own stimulation. So, again, so you look at a, a one extreme example where the mind itself is creating its own stimulation. It's a case of saying, right, then. Or is it possible that that need for stimulation is what can also sometimes trigger paranormal or UFO uh, experiences? Is it a case of uh, there is some element of the mind or some part of the mind that actually needs to be actively engaged? And what that will do is it will actually force it to actually look out and look for stuff. That's fascinating. Again, it asks a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's, I, I'm, I don't know what to say. I'll get a hand you over to Dakota. I was like, you know, speaking of from personal experience, obviously I didn't have any sort of mentors that were experienced yeah. with paranormal. Yeah, they may have heard like, oh, this place is haunted, this that place is haunted, blah, 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 blah. For the longest time, I and honestly, that fear kind of still lingers, even though I found a way to start getting tangible evidence that something yeah. is happening that there may be some sort of form of schizophrenia, then I actually found out, but because due to some criminal situations, I was estranged from my father's side of the family. Mm -hmm. I actually found out that I have a grandmother, my father's mother, who was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. We finally got into contact. All of a sudden, she started rambling off details about things I went through that she should have had no way of knowing. Yep, yep. That was my convince. So was like I was told by certain family members. Oh, she speaks to angels. Others say she's schizophrenic. I'm just like ah. Uh. Yeah, it, it's it's incredibly different one because it's also something that that really deserves a real sense of uh, you know respect and understanding mm. and not to you know jump to any sort of rash conclusions. Either way, because I think it is it is a really, really fine line between there, you know, between there actually, you know, literally there, there being uh, uh, some sort of issue there and actually genuinely do something. And, and also one of the things I'm quite interested in, and I don't know how necessarily I'd research this in a meaningful way, is that looking at people with dementia and looking at how this sort of the mind changes how it works and how it interprets information, whether there is any sort of uh, prevalence of uh, paranormal activity in people that are suffering from dementia. But again, this would have to be done with a huge amount of respect and, mm-hmm. you know, like, be so careful with all sorts of comp- uh, implications of that. But it's, it's one of those questions about, you know, how is it that the human mind is, is, is wired and how big a part that is in what and how people experience See, I'm, I'm, I'm still on, I'm, I'm still on this, this, this about what if someone, right, like, just listen to me, just listen yeah, to yeah. this, right, right. You're in the household. Say there's about six people in that household. One of that yeah. person 
thinks that they see a ghost, right? Mm -hmm. Right. They think about that just so much. They keep thinking about that, thinking about that. Does that bring that into reality for everybody else in the house, even though they don't believe that? What I'm saying is, is he maybe or she's putting out like maybe a frequency that the other well, household members are picking it up, and then they're like, "Oh my God, yeah. there's a I just seen a nun walk through my room," so but it's I'm because of the person in the next room thinking about that i can give you a really really good experience, uh, example of this so uh, when i was uh, when i was at university uh, i basically shared a house with five of the guys and right. uh, now they knew that i i, I uh, at that time you know I, i'd had a couple of experiences yeah. and i foolishly shared that and so of course they all took the mick out of me as, as you <laughs> as you expect right okay but it's a case of what so what happened for me though was that uh basically one night i woke up um and there was this large dark shadow standing at the bottom of my bed. And I did the really brave thing of putting my head under the duvet and going, go away, please. And he went away. The second night it happened. And this, this was going to freak me out. And I did, and I did the same thing. And mm. then the third time it happened, I just went, right, what? What is it? What is it you want? Now then, what happened was that that night, and this is the, you always have to be very careful this sort of thing, is, is that I had a, a dream. And this dream, uh, basically, this voice said to me, "Open the open the door." And I said, "No, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to open the door because I knew mm. it was this this shadow behind behind the, the sort of door." Yeah. Anyhow, long story short, I opened up the door, and it was this uh, girl with um, sort of blonde hair, white white sort of dress, and she was smiling at me. And I said, "Right now that I know you what you are, I'm not frightened anymore." And when I woke up, uh, there was uh, what well, what I believed was this girl standing at the side of the bed for for maybe. 10, 15 seconds, and she went, and I got hit <clears> with this unbelievable feeling of euphoria. Now, now that in itself, pull that to one side, purely subjectively, sorry, purely yeah. objectively, right, you've had a dream, it's a waking dream, you've just woken up. Yeah. Now then, within that, within that house, I didn't say anything, uh, but one of my housemate's girlfriends freaked out one night because she said that she saw this girl walking down the stairs, and I went, right, okay, so anyhow, and this happened through through the year that we're in the house. Each person in the end had their own experience with seeing someone uh, around around the house and it, it interpreted it, its ways and different things. But two days before we moved house and you can't make this up, uh, we get a knock on the door and uh, the very first owner of the house, uh, he, he was a really old gentleman and he had his mm -hmm. his son who was like would be my age now. So like, you know, I'm 48. Mm -hmm. And he said, we used to live here. Would you mind if I came in? Because I just want to show my son what it was he used to live, uh, what he used to, uh, what it used to be like. And we walked around the house and everything, and all and all the all the guys were there because we were just packing up our things. And he come around and said, "Oh, thank you ever so much." He was there for about fifteen minutes, and he and I, I, just before he left, I said, "Right, I've got to ask you a question. I'm going to feel a bit of an idiot for asking this question, but did anything strange used to happen in this house?" And he went, he smiled and went, "What you mean, the little girl used to walk around the house?" And I kind of looked at everyone and went, "See." I told you, I told you there was there, there was something there. Yeah. Now, that was quite a, that was quite a sort of validating moment for me because yeah. this, this is a complete stranger that's come into the house and has, has literally without without you know without prompting has said what it was that they saw. But what I believe is there is that what happens is when people live together uh, for uh, a certain amount of time. What happens yeah. is you build up a joint, uh, you almost, you, a, a sort of a joint link. Now, this is a joint link. Now, what this is, mm -hmm. this is actually primeval. 
Because what happens is, is that basically when we were cavemen, okay, or cave people, we were ba- we were basically in caves, and what we what we were told is to uh, sense something that might be in the cave that's going to want to eat us, okay. And so what happens is, if somebody walks into a room, okay, and you're back to the door, you immediately know they've walked in. You immediately know instinctively they've walked in because they're they're every everything has electromagnetic sort of uh, mm-hmm. field around it, and this is what you, this is what you 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 pick up on. And what I believe is is that uh, when you uh, live with with other people, that you kind of almost you almost sort of sync up at at, at some sort of subconscious level. So often uh, when you are living together, you can experience things that you wouldn't necessarily. Do. In fact, it's, it's almost mm-hmm. like a magnification effect. So for those of you that have ever been to a, um, you know, to, to a circle or to a spiritual church, often there is, uh, you know, I, I attended one just just uh, for, for, for a few months. And what I found within that circle of about 15 people is that you could actually magnify ex- experiences because you were all sharing that same sort of uh, experience. And so yeah. to, go back to, to go back to your original point is a case of one person on their own wouldn't necessarily be enough. To bring it in but there is also that sort of level of auto suggestion which says that okay then so you've suggested to it so now somebody else is thinking about that and maybe that joint uh sort of thought is what brings something into the atmosphere but then you also have to be very careful of that when you're doing investigations because often what you can do is you can create mass mass hysteria where basically mm-hmm. somebody hears a noise in the distance goes oh my god oh my god what's that and goes running away and then everybody else freaks out uh, and, yeah. and run away. you've got to be the brave person that's kind of got to walk walk towards it and work out what it is. So I think that partially uh, it's a case of one person, if they trigger something in someone else, then collectively yeah. you would potentially be able to bring it in. I think yeah. that uh, undoubtedly when people, especially on things like UFO watches, it's a case if you get multiple like-minded people together, it's almost like a beacon that's, be, that's being created. And it's a case mm-hmm. of as long, as long as you have that... I guess if you have that right sort of joint frequency, as, as it were, because you you're almost like resonating with each other as a group, then then that can act as a more powerful force and give you maybe yeah. uh, you know more ability as a group. I mean, certainly from a personal experience, you know, my, my limited sort of um, sort of sort of paranormal you know direct experience, I, I found that having more people there can actually help as long as you're not actually struggling it with that. Oh, did you hear that sort of conversation? It's a case of actually seeing something collectively without the prompt. That's mm-hmm. the key point. <laughs> that certainly brings a lot of stuff into question. And Chris may actually have a pretty good idea of what I'm talking about because what? the situation with my daughter. That's right. That, so basically, it just rings true for me because it's kind of make a long story short. Okay supernatural events have been part of my life for nearly as long as I can remember. I was one of those kids who could tell who was on the other end of the phone before it actually rang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the time I started going into puberty, about 12 years old, a lot of stuff was going on in my life at that time. And I was led to a point where I tried to take my own life. Okay. All of a sudden something stopped it or either it happened, but something intervened just enough to get my attention. I was in this blue void. All of a sudden, this man walks up to me and says, Dakota, there's someone here to see you. He steps aside. All of a sudden, there's this little girl. First thing I notice, this little girl looks a lot like me. 
she runs up to me and says, Daddy, please don't do it. Now, often this little girl would personally appear to me. Then all of a sudden, a situation, we're going on what now? Two years ago now, Chris, when this yeah. happened? Right about that, yeah. We were part of a paranormal investigation group mm-hmm. that is trying to revive itself, but pretty much broke up yeah. not too long ago. We started looking into an entity known as the Hat Man. Okay. Because very, very violent. There's been a couple instances where he was seen around certain violent deaths. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we were doing a stream like this. The Hat Man goes to show up, starts picking off people on screen. There's video of this. I Even though the channel was mm-hmm. taken down, I have a copy because potentially first ever case of international demonic possession. It was moving mm-hmm. in between. I was, near there. between. I, did, I was near there on that live, but I was watching it. But he was one of the people that was affected. And there's someone in the chat who was also there who also got a pretty good brunt of it. There's a couple situations where, let's say one lady, she had been so affected by it that she had to get mental health assistance. She jumped off the grid. Another gentleman who was dealing on and off with cancer treatments, he got most affected, got possessed to where you could physically see his face start changing on the screen. His cancer started coming back. Mm -hmm. Slowly but surely, we started working on stuff to break the ties, get everybody back. All of a sudden, this is where the 20 people I mentioned earlier that all of a sudden blame me for getting heightened experiences (laughs) all started saying, hey, because some of them knew briefly about the story. Some of them didn't. Mm -hmm. They all came to me and said, hey, there's this little girl that keeps showing up and it mm-hmm. seems like whenever she showed up mm-hmm. and there may have been others with her they just couldn't tell they started breaking the ties everybody started get, getting mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. I was able to get enough information to where I was able to use artificial intelligence mm-hmm. to create an image of this child yeah. mm-hmm. Let, let's just say had some of them not been wearing glasses the accuracy of the image was enough to where their eyes would have popped out of their sockets. Mm. And sure enough, you pull a picture of me when I was about three years old, set it next to it, spitting image. And it was a medium of who suggested, you know, she looks at me and says, Dakota, your daughter looks Pleiadian. It's like, you're telling me I had sex with an alien and I don't remember. (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of so it's like like i say it's been enough to where it was 15 20 people thousands of miles apart i mean yeah. just as an example chris and i we've never met in person yeah just yeah. as an example and he's ha- had an experiences that bounce well, back yeah. to me yeah so like i said what you just said is just like is that a case where oh Oh, did I accidentally manifest? Maybe it'll help find somebody who is experienced similar, find out who the girl's daughter is. Yeah. Or do I have some sort of outside of assistance that I just didn't realize at the time? So, okay, okay, that's that, that that's interesting because what what you're also then doing is, is bringing in the 
the case of the of the sort of spirit guide spirit sort of uh being uh, and what what i believe on that well there's two there's two things here first of all um i've been in um a couple of situations where i've been called out to a private house as, as part of other paranormal groups and what i what i tell people is uh is that to deal with something that is negative quote unquote it's a case of is uh, you have to remember that you have the power in that situation even when it's a case of it, it you, you're really feeling up against it it's a case of that is the that is basically trying to change your thought process trying to change the direction that you are that your conscious mind is going i i strongly believe that it is the intent of the words that you say that actually channels your mind to deal to deal with that and it's a case of if you were in a group that is being collectively influenced that group can also flip that round turn it back and actually take control of that situation back i i know I, I strongly believe that when you have that when you have that group you may be influenced because people want to uh, divert your uh, sort of path from where you're supposed to be going yeah. and it's a case of you actually have the ability as long as you can attune yourself and resonate as a group you have the ability to turn to you know to turn stuff away but it's all about the intent of those words and the strength of that thought that allows you to do it and again this is basically about uh, talking about how the conscious mind interacts with reality and this case of dependent on your point of view are you saying that is actually the conscious mind that's creating reality is it is it a part mm. of the reality you know it's about how you actually uh influence that i think that again um very 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 briefly i was on so i was in a I was in a particular uh, house and this is the only time this is that this has ever happened uh, to to me um is that we're, we're in a house and there is a negative entity in the house and yeah. uh, there's about five or six other uh, entities in the house and they can't leave because of this one negative entity so we basically uh move that entity um on and it's it's uh the sort of physical manifestation of that was when you walked into the house and it sounds very uh very classic that um uh, sorry i just had movement to the to the right of me then uh it, it, it's a case of it was um yeah, sorry, I maybe lost, lose my train of thought there. Sorry, sorry, just, just bear with me. So, so, so what, what happened was, was that uh, it, it, it was a case of there was a strong smell of sulfur when we when he went into the house. As we moved, as we moved things on, there was actually it became the house became filled with a really strong smell of uh, of lavender. Now, the last room we went into was, I believe, there was it's, it's there again. So, I'm sorry, I've got something moving to the right of me as we speak. It, 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 it's a case of. Um, We've got uh, we, we've got something in the uh, in, in the house. We uh, we move it. We, we basically I, I'm in the I'm in the room by myself, and it is a girl, and it's a girl, and this girl says to me, uh, uh, and when you say speak to me, how, how do you how do you mean that? So if if your audience uh, haven't had any sort of spiritual uh, experience, it's a case. What what does that actually mean? So what I'm what I'm what I'm doing is I'm imagining. That basically, that this, this this person is is speaking to me. They said they're, they're they're frightened to go across. And so what I did was, I created a door, and basically with that door, I basically mm. in my in my mind creating that mental picture. I took the girl by the hand, and I walked her up to the door, and I said, I can't 
take you through the door, but I can take you up to the door. She opened the door and uh, the door opened and then uh, a woman put her hand out and took her, took her across. And again, the room then just filled with sort of uh, the smell of lavender again. And I was, yeah. but then literally when there was that sort of, that, that sort of physical sort of walking across in, in, in that mental image, it was a case of I was then just drained. Just, I mean, apps, I, I could barely stand. Uh, and I've never experienced anything like that. I don't think I'd like to experience it again, to be honest with you. But it, the, the challenge I have with that is when you're trying to explain to somebody who's the sceptic mind, then what you would what you would argue is you say, okay, then so has there been some sort of group hysteria there? Is it a case of that you you know um, from from all the sort of walking around that you might have suddenly just got uh, chronic fatigue? Because that's how that's affected you. And it's trying to think logically how that works. But what I'm what I'm going back to is it's the strength of the thought and it's the strength of the of the visual image that you that you create. And so I think there is a real blurring between the conscious mind and reality. Because I found with that sort of picture in my mind i i believe uh that i was able to help somebody to go across but if you're a skeptic how can you how can you sort of uh, explain you know how, how can i sort of uh confirm that, that has happened the simple answer is i can't but what it is is it is that is a purely subjective experience down to the individual at that particular at that particular time that's how i interpreted what happened and through my viewpoint that's what i believe happened whether it did or didn't that's mm. something i can't confirm but that's what that's i think a lot of what we have to do and i think that's the problem that because a lot of it is such a personal experience yeah. it's very difficult to explain that to somebody without thinking what, what, what are you talking about you know it's it's about have they got the same context and this is another key point that people have to have a context behind their experience to be able to be a part of it to understand what it is they're actually being asked to do. And I believe that's also an important piece as well. So part of this is about trying to create hypotheses which people can uh, look at, can either think, okay, you've made some interesting points, so I might look and review that. And that's that's all I ask. So from my experience, from my personal experience, all I'm asking is to listen to some of what I've said and then to go and do your own research. You know, so look at look yeah. at biocentrism, look at string theory, look at look at resonance, look at Tesla. Because this is all out there, this is all open, yeah. and all it is is giving you some context that might then help you to experience things and might help you to widen your own viewpoints. That's all I ask. Yeah. So, Dakota, do you have a question before the end of the show? Because that's a an hour up. So, <laughs> that's, that's uh, fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I, was, I swear I blinked and already 20 minutes went by when we first started this thing. Yeah. But yeah. So many more questions, so little time. <laughs> but I, I got to admit, this has probably been one of our more interesting episodes. It certainly been. gives a lot to think about. Yeah, it's been absolutely amazing, James. Thank well, no, you. Seriously, really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Would you like to give a plug out to any location? Your YouTube, Facebook, anywhere? Uh, well, well, just yeah, sure. So I, I have my own small sort of uh, face group site, which is uh, if you just uh, well, my, my website is www.paralnoia. So that's P-A-R-A-L-N-O-I-A.co.uk. Just look on Facebook for Paralnoia. It's a small group, more than welcome to join. And like I said, all I'm doing is just That's asking questions, you know, so thank you very much. You, well, well, all the links will be below. We'll add them to this. Um, I'm going to join your group tonight. Because I, I find it fascinating, and we'll need to get you back on the show sometime again, 
in the Brilliant. near future. And yep, Dakota, do you have any announcements or anything you want to say before the end of the show? Uh, no, I just want to say thank you for everybody who joined us. Thank you to our the so many people that keep bouncing yeah. in lately. We're this company starting to skyrocket to places already that none of us ever expected. I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, those who have recently auditioned before the new UFO documentary trailer that's going to be coming up yeah. here soon. Over 200 applications that I got to go wow. through. So that's going to be fun. But yep. it definitely goes to show that this is a topic that certainly a lot of people are wanting to get more on. And as you can probably figure, James, we already have kind of a, yeah. we may have an interesting sort of bias to it, but we try to remain objective so that way we're not totally crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, on you go. Sorry. No, I was just going to say uh, thanks again, everybody. Uh, Much love. Be safe. Yep, and have a fantastic week, and we'll see you next uh, Friday. And uh, catch you all soon. I'll talk to you behind the scenes, James. Catch yeah, you later, dudes. Take see you guys. Later. Bye.